Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Happened to Mike Schmidt, forty-year-old boy podcast. Is that how? Is that how I say it? I forgot how I said it. Uh, hey, what's happened to Mike Schmidt, forty-year-old boy podcast? Not seem long on the boy. It's an extended O. Nobody does an extended O in a podcast intro. Oh, oh look at that! Extended O and saying I don't do an extended O. Uh, how about we try? All right. Uh, hey, what's happened to Mike Schmidt, forty-year-old boy podcast? No, no. Hey, what's happening, Mike Schmidt, forty-year-old boy podcast? I have a bubble on my lip. I'm sorry, I'm practicing. This this should probably <laughs> this all could have done off the air. I, I you know actually I apologize. This is what I've been doing every day for two weeks. I started up and I do this little uh, vodio do do and I try to make it work, and then uh, I figure it's done and then I put the microphone away and I sleep. Oh, <laughs> glorious sleep! Is there anything better than sleeping, ladies and gentlemen? Other than eating, good lord! All of your basic rudimentary activities. I'm an infant. That's who I am. Fuck this bubble in my mouth. God damn it! I'm pissed. Because uh, you look. It's I mean, listen to me like moving my lips around. I apologize. Uh, all right. Are you out there podcasting listeners uh, is audience listeners? Uh, it's me, Margaret. I'm not Margaret, uh, but I have an aunt named Margaret. I have my aunt Marge. I call her Marge, but her, aunt, her name is Margaret. I don't think anybody ever called her Peggy. Peggy's a weird shortage for Margaret. Don't you think? Uh, I, I, used to, I used to know a Peggy Scully who lived on my block in Romeoville, but then we would go to school and they would say Margaret Scully when they would call roll. And it was like, what? How do you have a magic name? How did your name fold from Peggy into Margaret? Do you have an origami name? Is that what you've got? So you you just fold Margaret a certain way and it turns into a Peggy. I I don't know how that works. Why would Peggy be short for Margaret? Doesn't make any sense. Uh, All right. It's like someone's name is Brandon and he's like, yeah, but call me Phil. I mean, it it doesn't have, although I guess there's Margaret and Peggy. There's a couple of, well, you had a G. Now, fuck no, it's not even the same letters. Peggy brings in a whole slew of other letters and leaves one G uh, and an E. I guess she used E, but then you transpose the E to the beginning. Just be Margaret. If you're Margaret, uh, be Margaret. Uh, sit on your tuffet and eat your curds of whey. Wasn't it? Is that Margaret who did it? 
And along came a spider and sat down beside her, and she fucking smashed him with the spoon. Uh, and then she thought to herself, well, how the fuck am I going to eat the rest of my curds and whey here with no spoon because it's got spider guts all over it? And then it didn't matter because the spiders came for her. Don't kill a spider when you're sitting on a tuffet. I warn you because you're way high up. You can't leap off the tuffet to the ground, especially in your knobby shoes. You know, you get your like your knobby fucking cobbled together wooden shoes. You're in Dutchland. You're in Deutschland. No, Deutschland's Germany. What's Dutchland? Denmark. Yeah, I heard there's something rotten there. All right. This is a lot of free association because I was, you know, because I haven't talked. I don't talk to anybody. I hide my goddamn house these days. That's what I do. I sit there in the apartment and go, you know what? You should work. You should do a show. I fucking. Uh, all right. Let's get this out of the way real quick. I, uh, I'm down 22 pounds. So that's good news. Right. But I will say this. I'm down 22 pounds. But there are moments in the day, several at least, uh, maybe double figures. Triple figures, maybe, I don't know, 100, uh, where you think to yourself, you know, this is fine. I, you know, I don't mind going to do the cardio and it's really fun going to lift weights. But at the same time, oh, you know what sounds appealing? Eating yourself to death. Oh, my Christ, does that sound like a good thing? Because I like food. I like barbecue and I like all sorts of nonsense and candy and sushi and all the things you're not supposed to eat, of course. So you think to yourself, well, I'm, I'm making good progress again. I'm down 22 pounds. I feel great. I even lost five pounds in Chicago. And that was the, I even ate chocolate in Mex's house. I'll tell you about Chicago later. Uh, but I was in Chicago and uh, and I bought chocolate. And then I unfortunately I had to unwrap it sitting on the couch by David. And then he's just he's staring at me and he's and going, uh, oh, OK, whatever, man. And I go, well, it's fine. I'm, I'm fine. And he goes, okay, whatever. You're just going to die. And I'm just like, dude, look, it's fine. And he goes, no, that's fine if you want to lie to everybody. I'm like, I don't lie to anybody. I'm eating chocolate at your fucking house. Big deal. Uh, and he's right. He's right. He's right. You're right. You're right. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. Uh, he's not wrong, certainly. And, uh, you know, I texted my trainer <laughs> and I'm, I'm sending him stuff. I, cause I didn't go lift today or yesterday. I ditched him on Thursday and Friday. And, uh, and I, I felt, I mean, I feel awful about it, but it's like, I look, man, I, I can't explain to you what uh, the machinations of my brain and my head. So I even wrote to him and I go, look, I don't know what to do. I'm hiding behind a couch right now as I type this. So please don't yell at me. And if you still want to work with me, that'd be great. And finally, he's just like, Hey man, I, what is wrong with you? Like just lift weights. And I'm like, yeah, you don't understand, man. I said, I'll explain it when I see you. It'll, it'll make a lot more sense because, uh, what it is is I'd love to go to the gym and I'd love to go to that, but I, but I hadn't done a podcast yet, as you know, so that I, my whole life freezes. I don't answer texts. I don't answer emails. I don't do anything until, <laughs> until I can get the fucking show done. And I'm laughing, even though it's not funny. Look, I recognize it's not funny and you're so kind to still listen to this bullshit and I appreciate it. But I just, but because this is this monolithic thing where I'm just staring at it, it's like a boulder. It's like, it's like, uh, this show is, is I'm supposed to meet this show out at the bike rack and fight it at three o'clock, man. I don't, I don't know. So then at like one o'clock, you just sit there and stare at the fucking clock and then two o'clock and then you hide in the school for like oh, two weeks and then you come out and you record it and everybody's gone and you're like a skeleton. Uh, the guy was supposed to fight you. He's just bones now. It's just insane. I don't know. I so so I, I try to text John and I'm like, hey, look, man, I, I apologize. I'm hiding behind a couch. I'm <laughs> I can't go today. It's been a it's a, a weird week where I'm really kind of brawling with myself and he's just like, just lift weights, man. It's so fun to meet people who are carefree and have their lives together and they know what they're doing. John had his birthday this week. He's 36, but the guy looks like he's fucking 26 and he's all fucking lifting and he's bearded and good looking and muscular. And you're just like, God damn, that's another thing I got to hate myself for. I look at this guy. I could have been that guy. I could have been this person. I could have been that person. And then you and then you just pin yourself to the wall with the, the couldas and the shouldas. Don't you hate that? Don't you hate when the couldas and the shouldas come looking for you? I hide behind the couch. You hide under the covers, but the couldas and the shouldas, they keep sneaking around. 
They, you know what they look like? They look like the fry guys. Remember those guys from McDonald's that was just like a mop with eyes that ate, stole your french fries? What a dick, by the way. Hey, man. And also, look, I should have seen that coming, right? If they're the fry guys, technically I got to realize that they're not making my fries. If they're out in the courtyard or whatever the fuck, uh, the, the McDonald land ball pit or whatever the fuck, they're, they're just there to steal shit. That's who they are. They're creepy goblins with weird eyes, and they're like, keep, and, and they even say, keep an eye on your fries. Keep your eyes on your fries. That's a warning. That's a, that's a red flag. You know you don't want to be friends with these guys, but you think you want to be friends with them. Because, again, if you're in McDonald land, who the fuck are you going to hang out with? Not the Hamburglar, because you'll go down for fucking four to six for, for some felony that he's going to commit. Uh, you know, that's going to happen. You're not going to hang out with Grimace because he's autistic and that's fucking weird. I don't want to look I, the only thing weirder than hanging out with a fat purple dude is hanging out with a fat purple dude on the spectrum because, you know, he's going to freak the fuck out. And again, he's got and he's also a giant. Grimace is a fucking giant. So he's going to freak out autistically. There'll be some strobe light that turns on or somebody will honk a horn and he'll lose his mind and he'll tackle somebody and smash them to death with his giant autistic mass. You know, that would happen. Because Grimace isn't just like a normal dude. Even when he talks, he's like, bah, bah, which is terrible. He doesn't have to talk like that. He's just, you know what? Let me go the other way on this. Maybe the Grimace is a, is a, a person who is not afflicted with any sort of uh, uh, disease or condition. And maybe he just puts on an act because he doesn't want to meet people. Doesn't want to talk to anybody. Keeps to himself. He's just like, fuck this. I'm Grimace and that's it. I don't want to be pals with anybody. Because it's not, it's not Grimace and Sue. There's no fucking friend. He's not getting married. It's not like Grimace and Rizzoli and Isles. <laughs> I don't know why that came into my head. <laughs> I don't know. That, why, why would that happen? <laughs> I don't, it's, not, it's not Grimace and Shields and Yarnell. There's not three ampersands or two ampersands or whatever the fuck. It's just Grimace, goddammit. He's in McDonald land. And the clown runs everything, and he's just, you know, we see him on TV, and he's like, hey, everybody, how uh, do you like hamburgers? And then the cameras turn off, and he's fucking mean to everybody. Uh, Mary McCheese is made out of fucking meat. That's creepy. Uh, all those dudes. Wasn't there a Captain Hook dude, too, who sold the whaler? Or the, no, the whaler's at uh, uh, Burger King. He sells the filet fish which I love. Oh, my God, do I love the filet fish Getting back to eating myself to death. How great is a filet fish And look, I know it's garbage. I know it is, but it just it just tastes like eight years old. That's what a filet fish is. That's what all of this food is. It's all just nostalgia garbage. I don't, I'm not, look, because I look, when I go to a fucking a fancy joint and I eat fucking tandoori octopus, then I'm like, you know, this is grown up and it tastes delicious. But if I'm eating fucking garbage, that's just because I'm, I'm revisiting being a child. That's it. That's all I'm doing is marinating in my fucking youngsterhood. Uh... But if you're in McDonald land, you can't hang out. The fry guys are jag offs. They're stealing shit. Hamburglar stealing. Look at this. This fucking McDonald land is full of felons. You know why? Because the clown doesn't pay them enough. He's just like, ah, he's, he's not, he, every time they go for a raise, <laughs> this truly happens. Grimace is like, Arnold, I could use a little more spending money. And he goes, oh, really? Well, why don't you look at the fucking sign? And uh, Grimace is like, well, what sign? And he goes, uh, the sign right there yeah, with the uh, arches right out front. What does that say on it? Uh, over 50 million served. I don't know. Why, why is my grimace? What happened to him? He might be having a stroke right now. Uh, and then Ronald is just like, uh, no, no, above that. Above that. What does it say? Above 50 billion served. Well, McDonald's. Yeah. McDonald's. Are you grimace McDonald? No. Of course you're not. I'm Ronald McDonald. My fucking place. My fucking sign. My fucking restaurant. My fucking recipes. Oh, you're, you're just, you know what you are? Local color. You get the kids in the goddamn door and I pay you. Uh, I pay you fair. Get out. Because, uh, you know, he's not going to give a raise to anybody. And, and that's why they steal. This is why they steal. It's why the hamburglar stealing shit and the and the fry guys are stealing shit. Uh, and Mary McCheese is probably he's pocketing office supplies. There's no doubt about this. 
He's he, check him out. And also his head's a, a giant burger. You know, he's fucking. Uh, uh, and who's that? Who's Big Mac? He's the police guy. Big Mac is the police dude. And then Mary McCheese is the Mary McCheese. And uh, and I guarantee they're stealing as well. They're on the take. Big Mac's on the take to look the other way from the Hamburglar and the Fry Guys because they're stealing fucking everything. And Mary McCheese is stealing office supplies. Go put your plunge your hand under his buns and I guarantee you'll find a stapler. I'm telling you right now, don't try to think that you won't. Don't think that he's uh, immune to any sort of thing because the clown pays nobody. And Captain Hook bailed. Captain Hook was there. He's like, a fillet of fish is what everybody likes to eat. That's right out of the sea. And then Ronald's like, yeah, everybody loves the fish sandwich, right? That's why we serve fucking hamburgers, you dope. And uh, the captain's like, no one can talk to me like that. I was on the USS Indianapolis. <laughs> and then he does the speech from Jaws. Because <laughs> why not? And Ronald has to listen, right? And look, out of respect for, for uh, the, the fillet of fish captain, Ronald will listen to the goddamn thing. Uh, <laughs> and then unfortunately, I don't know if you know this, this, this truly happened. The, uh, Captain Hook or whatever the fuck his name was, the filet of fish guy. Uh, he actually caught on with Captain Crunch's crew. He said, I can't make any money in McDonald land. And, uh, and Ronald's like, well, you know, you signed an ironclad contract. We are keeping your fish sandwich. Arr, you can't do that. And he's like, oh no, you signed it right here. He goes, that's, that's just an X. And he goes, well, you said that was your mark. We have it right here on video. Arr, what's video? <laughs> it's a pirate. It doesn't know anything about cameras. Uh, and Ronald's like, here, he shows it to him. He's making his mark with a fucking hook. And the guy's like, Arr, all right, then. And he goes off with uh, Smedley, the elephant from Peanut Butter Crunch. And they go ahead and jump on fucking Captain Crunch's ship. And they sail the seven seas in search of the Crunchberry Beast, who, by the way, the Crunchberry Beast is the exact same measurements. This is not even a joke. The exact same measurements as Grimace. I know Grimace is a little bottom heavy. And I know that the the, the Captain Crunch, uh, Crunchberry Beast is all like, and you remember his noise when he would go? He'd go, that's what he did. That was the noise he made. Uh, like, no, that's what it was, I think. I don't know. I'm an old person who knows about Crunchberry Beasts. Uh, I know about them in their natural habitat. I know all about the noises that they make because I've hunted them before. Oh, I've hunted them before. Um, you ever been in a Crunchberry Beast blind? <laughs> You're way up in the sky. You're just sitting there looking down, waiting to see one come out of the fucking uh, uh, woods with delicious cereal trailing in its wake. See, that's the thing. You know, and also, there's another thing. Uh, the Crunchberry Beast has no blood. He's filled with Crunchberries. He's like a beanbag chair. I don't know how the fuck he stays alive with no blood and no heart, but he does. He runs around. You got to fucking shoot him. And then when you shoot him, you open him up. It's dry. He's like a sack. He's like, a. He's not, there's no blood in there. There's no mucus. There's no phlegm. There's no anything like that. No, no. He's just a, he's just a sack of crunch berries, which is delicious. Don't kid yourself. Cause then, uh, and it's like a tauntaun will keep you warm. You slice that open. You put your hands in there and Luke stays alive, but a crunch berry beast, that'll give you breakfast. See, you're not going to eat a tauntaun. It's disgusting, but it'll keep you warm till the morning when you can have some breakfast. But however, fuck that crunch berry beast, slice him open. You got breakfast 24 hours a goddamn day. And I know you're thinking to yourself, well, Mike, it's just Crunch Berries. There's no Captain Crunch in there. Yeah, yeah. So what? You're telling me you don't like fucking Crunch Berries? Even Crunch Berry guys. I think there's an earthquake. Did you guys hear the computer moving? Hold on. Oh, shit. Things are moving on my desk. Hold on. That was weird. It's it's literally two in the morning. I, I can't believe that just happened. All right, uh, I'm a little I'm a little shaken up. I didn't expect that to happen. Uh, all right, let me take a breath. What were we talking about? Oh, we're talking about the Crunchberry Beast, and we're talking about the fact that he's filled with all all Crunchberries. And you're saying that uh, that is not an adequate breakfast because you know what? You need Captain Crunch mixed in there with it because that's what's what you get with the, the Captain Crunch. But no, I'm here to tell you that not, the Captain Crunch people even recognized the Crunchberries alone were delicious, and that's why they made a fucking box called Oops All Berries. You ever see that box? It's called Oops All Berries. And then you just, it's just, 
And then again, they just literally were like, we're killing your children. That's all it is. Some dentist invented fucking all berries. There's no, I mean, Captain Crunch is bad enough. It tears up the roof of your goddamn mouth. But Crunch Berries are just, uh, they're just sugar balls, right? Oh, come spend the night inside my sugar balls. <sighs> all right, let's take a breath. Let's have a sip of water, too, before the earthquake spills this. I have a fucking glass of water on my desk. This is not, this is not even a fucking joke. Like, at night when I go to bed, I'll, I'll, I'll have a glass of water on my desk. I'm like, well, I can leave that there. And then I'm like, dude, get that water off the desk because you know there's going to be an earthquake in the middle of the fucking night and it's going to spill water all over your fucking laptop. And guess what? Then everything's fucking boned. Uh, well, uh, and so I, what else can I tell you about myself? <laughs> I live in California. You know, hey, wait a minute. You hear the monitors moving? That's just me bumping the desk. I don't think there was an earthquake. Ah, son of a bitch. That might have just been me laughing and and bumping into the desk. Uh, I'm furious about that. All right. Uh, What the hell was I talking about? Um, Crunch berries? (laughs) Could that possibly be something I want to revisit? Oh, you know why? Because I was going to say this. There's a box of crunch berries, and it's called Oops All Berries. I think I've talked about this on the show before. I, and they, they purported in the way they advertised it was, oh, no, there's been a mistake at the factory. And, uh, and so we had to release these all berries for everyone. And I, uh, I, I've, that is my favorite uh, form, my favorite uh, sort of special product that you can purchase would be the accident at the factory. Uh, there's, there's right now, there's some uh, graham crackers from Keebler Elves or whatever the fuck. Remember those guys? Remember those guys? Um, and, and it was like, but the grams had the chocolate on, on the underneath part or something. I don't know. It was just it was like it just made me fucking laugh because I'm like, dude. And they're like, oh, no, there's been a mix em up. Oh, no, there's there's trouble in the tree and the elves have fucked up because they're idiots. Uh, but you know what? We couldn't possibly go ahead and just throw them away. We're passing the savings on to you by giving you the elves garbage. It's it's such an odd concept. I don't understand it. Same thing with the all berries. Oops. Look at the fucking mistake we made. Oh, well, we better print up boxes with all of this information on here and tell you about their stupid mistake that we did <laughs> look at us we're dumb right uh i enjoy it one time <laughs> this is true uh cheerios did that and they put out cheery x's and the o's were x's and they said that there was a, again same thing oh no mix up at the factory and i'm like what what possible mix up could there have been at the factory that turned the cheery O's into cheery X's? Was that did the did the nation of Islam storm the factory and, and demand representation and made a made a Malcolm X breakfast cereal? Is that what happened? I don't I don't know. And I, I, who knows? Look, who knows? All right. Let's go ahead and say that. Who knows? Because you know what? That could have happened. I don't want to speculate. I'm not I'm not somebody who's going to get to the bottom of anything. I'm just asking questions, folks. You know me. I just like to bring up things we can converse about. I like to bring up some ideas, and then you can crack them on your own. I just throw nuts out there. You can crack them yourself. That's it, man. I'm just leaving a trail of breadcrumbs where it leads you. Who knows, baby? I don't know. It'll probably lead direct to California where the air conditioning just kicked in because it is warm, as I've mentioned. Uh... <laughs> It is it is hot in California and it's summer again. And, uh, you know, we, we lost 2020 to to a bunch of terrible fucking things. And now we're on the fucking verge of losing 2021 again. And, and I, I don't understand. They brought masks back. All right. And look, we fucking talked about this. It was June. I remember the date. June 16th is when they were like, OK, everybody can take your masks off. And everybody's like, yay. And then like literally five minutes later, like, well, wait a second. If you're not vaccinated, please leave your mask on. And also, please be careful. And when you go here, like all of a sudden. 
there was a bunch of rules, like five minutes after they said, take your mask off, which is fucking stupid. That's like that's like telling a bunch of toddlers they're going to get cookies, and they're like, woohoo, yes. And then you go, but wait a minute. First of all, you got to clean your room. Then you got to get a nice haircut and take a shot. And the uh, toddlers have already eaten the cookies. They're just fucking, they have frosting all over their fucking faces. They're not looking at you or listening to you anymore. You've got to, you can't, you can't just drop a bomb like that and have people just expect that people are going to fucking behave. And we knew it then. We talked about it then when that fucking happened. We're like, this is just fucking stupid because you can't just say take. Because the second you say take the masks off, that's it. The masks are coming off. You're not. You're not going to trick anybody later by going. Oh, but if you're not vaccinated, you really should think about keeping. They're going to think about a fucking thing. These people don't want to wear masks. I look. I don't want to wear a fucking mask. I got the jab. I got fucking. I got the needle, man. I get vaccine running through my veins. I got the super serum. I'm fucking Steve Rogers. You're not going to fucking make me go ahead and go back into a mask. Unless you do it like this, in which case I, you know, I respect the science as you, as you know, but also at, at this point you're, I'm starting to get a little fucking angry at the science. I won't lie to you. I, I, because I'm starting the selfish part of me is starting to come out a little bit where it's like, look, man, I got the vaccine, uh, and, and I'll do whatever you need me to do. If I got if I got to go ahead and fucking wear a mask again, indoors, whatever the fuck, fine, I'll do it. But, but it just, the, but here's why the masks are back in California, because once from in the, in the month or the six weeks from when they told people they could take their masks off, the, the the infection rate has gone up out here like 800%. It, w- it was down to like, you know, like 100 people a week, and now it's back up to fucking 8,000 or something. Like, I don't even fucking... Look, and, and these numbers, I could be making them up. All I know is they went fucking through the roof. They went fucking bananas, and then they said, all right, well, we got to go ahead and put the mask back on uh, because people are getting sick. And you just want to go, who's getting sick? Well, it's, it's, you know, it's the unvaccinated mainly. It's literally like 98% of unvaccinated. Uh, pe- uh, the people that are sick are unvaccinated. And uh, and look, I reached this point months ago, but I'm, I'm going to reiterate it because I'm really there now. This is this is exactly where I live right now in this in the realm. I'm in the realm of uh, fuck you, man, if you won't get the goddamn vaccination. And and if you wind up choking in a fucking hospital bed and having a suck ventilator cock, then that's on you, baby. Because fuckheads who won't vaccinate are getting sick, and I guess we care about them now. They don't give a fuck about us. They don't give a fuck about anybody else but themselves. And I know it's like, well, it pretends to the people from the Delta variant, and there are still old people and immunocompromised. And I have a friend, Michelle. She's just like, well, my kids aren't even vaccinated yet. They can't be. It's it's against the whatever. And I get it, man. I get it. I, I understand that there are people out there who, who see the issue and and I do too I understand I, I'm wearing I wear masks when I go out now again when I go back into the fucking store uh but you know what you, I, I gotta hear about the delta variant and now there's like a gamma variant or something like that and it's just like let's start thin in the fucking herd man because there I keep reading still that these people won't get fucking vaccinated and they still with my body my choice and all this fucking bullshit they've weaponized and you know what man other countries would swim the fucking ocean to get this fucking medicine but here we pretend it's a choice it's not a fucking choice. Just just get the fucking shot, man. And then there are people who are, they, you know, they, they fight all the time. Oh, you don't understand. It's my body and I can do what I want. But yes, but it's not just you. It's for the greater good. It's for the good of society, man. There's a reason you got to wear a fucking seatbelt. There's a reason why you, you, you have to fucking wear a mask. I, I, uh, I, I, I hate talking about it. I fucking hate it. When I was a kid, this is fucking true. I think I've talked about it on here too. I because I, I've just repeated myself over and fucking over about this topic because it won't fucking go away, and I know it won't. And look, I I've said before too. Like late late in the pandemic, before the vaccinations, when we we got the vaccination, they're like, well, you know, even though you're uh, you're vaccinated, you probably still should wear a mask. And I'm like, nope, no sir, 
You told me that I uh, the odds are extremely good in my favor that I will not get sick. And even if I do get it, it's not going to be like hospital sick. I can deal with that. I'll make that work. Uh, because I I went through the science for fucking uh, a year and a half or whatever the fuck it was. I observed it for a year and five months. And, and then that's it. But then they came out with shit where they're like, hey, you know what? Maybe you should wear two masks. And and at the, I looked at Lenny when they announced that. I was having lunch with Lenny that day, and I, I said that to him, and I go, what what the fuck is going on? Like, now now it's just a bet. Now that's just nonsense where they're just thinking that they can make people do shit, and they're going to laugh at you, right? Doesn't it just seem like it's some thing where they were sitting in a fucking office somewhere, just five dudes with cigars, and they're like, all right, what if we do this? How about if we do this? Let's, let's make everybody wear plastic bags on their head and see how many die. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just fucking back the fuck off, man. When I was a kid, we had vaccination day. That's totally true. You'd go to the gym and everybody would get their shots against mumps and measles and every other goddamn thing that you didn't have. And we just did it. There was like, I, think, I don't even know if there was a fucking parental form that we had to sign. They just did vaccinations at the school. You know why? Because if you didn't get vaccinated, you're going to get everybody fucking sick and you're going to get the kids sick and the teachers sick and you're going to fuck up the whole program. And everybody's like, I love when people are like, oh, this is like China. You're getting, you're ordering me to do something and put something in my fucking body. It's like, well, yeah, put it in your fucking body. It's fucking medicine, dude. How do you, how the fuck do you politicize medicine? How do you politicize medicine? You fucks. We would get vaccinated when I was a kid. You know why? Because we didn't want the world to die. You know, they used to be in the Middle Ages. They'd bring carts around and go, bring out your dead, bring out your dead, because people had died from the fucking black plague and smallpox. There was a rat and no needles. And now they got needles and no rats. And nobody will fucking take the medicine. They're just fucking bitching. And, th- and now I'm hearing there might be a, a, like a booster shot. You might need a third shot. They're saying you might need a fourth shot. And uh, good. I don't give a fuck. You know what? Give me the Pfizer again. Give me those two shots over again. Get me double pfizer I'll fucking do it. I'll two-fist the fuck out of this goddamn germ. Doesn't matter to me. Whatever variants are coming, whatever the fuck is going down the pike, just inoculate me, man. I don't give a shit. And, and it, I, again, these people who, who pretend that... Guys, I actually saw a guy today, and he was arguing about it. And he's like, all right, you know what? He goes, I'm not getting it yet, because I want to see what happens to all you idiots. He goes, so you know what? I'll see you in 10 years, and we'll, we'll see who's got the... And I'm like, what do you do? 10 years? I, if you get this, you're not going to last 10 years. It might not scar your lungs. It might scar your lungs. It might kill you. It might not. Maybe it'll kill your aunt. Whatever the fuck. It's going to affect you. It's going to touch your life at some point. Well, there's 98%. I just, I'm so, I, I don't even know why I'm talking about it. Because I'm just, I'm so fucking exhausted with these idiots. You know, they, and, and because, and now, you know, what's really funny we're heading toward another lockdown. We really are. I mean, we got the masks back in LA, but nationwide we're heading toward another lockdown because the Delta variant is, is something they can't control. And now the gamma variant is something that's not going well. And, and it, it's mutating. It's trying to fight against whatever the virus was. They're still trying to work the medicine situation out, whatever. But these people, they, they, <laughs> they twist it around where they because they don't want the vaccine, right? So then be, none of these people get fucking vaccinated. So now we all have to go back to masks, and then they bitch about that. They they bitch about the masks and they bitch about the shutdowns and the lockdowns, and it's like, hey, you fucking idiots, and then take the vaccine. Well, no, it's my choice not to get the vaccine. Okay, well then you're gonna have lockdowns and masks. Well, no, they shouldn't do that either. It's like, what utopia do you think you live in? This isn't fucking Survivor. This isn't some island where you call the fucking shots. They'll, they'll throw Sweden in your face. Well, everything was fine in Sweden. No, it wasn't. A bunch of people died in fucking Sweden. They realized they couldn't get herd immunity, and then they got the fucking vaccine. 
I, I don't know why you would work counter to your interests. Aren't your interests staying alive? There was a dude on Twitter and uh, 36 years old. And he was joking. You know, I, I got 99 problems, but a vax ain't one. He's, jo- he's fucking around. He's like, yeah. And, and he's, not, he's not even like a, hey, the government needs to know their place guy. He's uh, bringing in the sheaves. Jesus is the best guy. You know what I mean? He, think, he thinks this dude personally thinks, uh, and he even said, he goes, hey, man, you know what? I, I don't want this vaccine because, you know, God gave me a perfectly working body, and I'll go ahead and use whatever he gave me to go ahead and stave off this terrible whatever the fuck disease even that, that I don't think is that terrible. And I'm like, and it, the second I read that, I'm like, all right, well, I, I think we know how this is going to end. And we did. We knew how it ended. Two weeks later, when he's, th- he's laughing about the vaccine and shit like that, and two weeks later, he's like, oh, I have pneumonia and COVID. And then he's like, oh, well, you know, they, it, uh, I, they keep trying to tell me they, they're going to do this stuff, but I don't want them to do it because I know Jesus will heal me and Jesus will take care of me. 36-year-old guy, 36-year-old man. And then he's like, I'm prepared for whatever happens if Jesus, I don't want to die, but if Jesus takes me and it's my time, then I'm ready to go. And, uh, and then he tweeted, and then he's dead. He's dead. He died like in fucking eight days in the hospital. Because he, oh, and also he's like, he's like, I don't want to take the ventilator. They want, they want me to do it, but there's a good chance that if I get it, I don't wake up. But, uh, but you know what? I'm not. Gonna, I have to fight it because I can fight this on my own. And me and the Lord are hand in hand, and we're to what all the all that all that fucking nonsense. Okay. And sure enough, then he's like, all right, because he, he kept insisting, I'm not going to get a ventilator. I don't want it. It's not going to happen. But you know, please, you guys got to stop texting me because I'm winded answering your messages. <laughs> like, dude. Can't you see the writing on on your cellular wall? Can't can't you see the graffiti in your lungs? Can't you hear as you breathe and it sounds like someone's fucking got jiffy pop on the goddamn stovetop? Don't you know medicine can help you? At 36, there's no reason to go, you know what? I, if I have to march into the kingdom of heaven now, I'm happy to do it. Why? Why are you happy to do it? You've you you've got another forty years. You could be here saving people and talking about Jesus and tricking people into whatever the fuck you want to trick them into. Jesus Christ! Oh no, I'm ready. If the Lord wants to take me, He can take me. Can He? Well, all right. I guess He will. By the way, I'm going to tell you this: It's not the Lord who's taking you. You do realize that, right? It's uh, it's a germ that you could have fucking fought off at some point by getting a vaccine. Literally, just had two shots in your arm, and you and you'd be fine. You 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 would probably be in a restaurant and not a hospital bed right now, you fucking clown. And this went around, you know, Twitter and everybody got picked up by like some news services. And there are people who, you know, they said, oh, I, I hate having to be put in the position where I I I gloat about somebody's death. So I won't do it. I don't. You know, I feel terrible for this man and his family. And, you know, he he consumed a lot of uh, misinformation. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah, you know, he did. He did from the time he was a kid. And he thought that Jesus was guiding his fucking life. Because I'm telling you, man, you 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 have to understand yeah, Look, and I'm not even going to fight with you on religion. You want to believe in that stuff? That's cool, man. Good for you. I, I hope it's true. I hope you're you're going to find a heaven and a Jesus and a God and a and a a grandpa in the sky who's thrilled to see you when you arrive at 36. I look, if I'm Jesus, I got to be honest with you. If I'm Jesus and some 36 year old dude and fucking air Jordans shows up and goes, Hey, I, I know you've been waiting for me. And I'd be go, no man, 
uh, I, there, there was a reason I gave you free will. Like you, you could pick whatever the fuck you wanted, including getting the medicine. We don't need you up here. We got plenty of guys like you. We don't need any more of your kind up here, man. We're fine. We're good. Uh, I'd be mad at that fucking guy. Like it, it, I, and I don't know. I mean, maybe Jesus is a better guy than me. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, I don't know. Could be, uh, <laughs> I, I just, I, I understand. I'm not rooting for anybody to die. All right. We've talked about this a million fucking times, but it's such a strange world we live in now that I have to cut. If I draw that line in the sand, like I'm not rooting for anyone to die, but at the same fucking time, if you're going to do dumb shit and you're going to die, then, then you're going to die and, and get the fuck out of the way. Get the fucking medicine, man, because it's, you're, you're making yourself sick. You're making other people fucking sick. And like I said, they don't want the vaccine because they just want a bitch. Oh, I don't need the vaccine. I can't. I'm very healthy. All right, we're going to do masks again. Well, you shouldn't do any masks. Well, we have to because otherwise idiots, fucking mouth breathers like you are going to spread the fucking variant. Well, I don't think we should do that. We're going to shut down businesses, too. Oh, I can't fucking believe you guys are doing this. This is terrible. My body, my choice. I just, I mean, and I got to be honest with you, man. I... I <laughs> Even if I strongly believed uh, that vaccinations didn't help, I I would be exhausted fighting that fight every single fucking moment of every single fucking day. Those people yelling at grocery stores, these people yelling on street corners. There's there's a big thing. I, I don't understand it. Look, and I understand protests. Yes, I know it, it moves the needle. Good for you, I guess. Maybe I'm just old and, and not wanting to get out of my fucking house. But there's a thing going on here. There's some Korean spa down on Wilshire here in L.A. And I guess a transgendered person used the the locker room and someone might have seen their balls. I, I don't know. Again, like it's the thing where you because I don't I don't ingest all of this fucking information because it's just so stupid when you see it on the surface. You see it on the surface. It's just it's just again, it's all tied into fucking body shame and and. You know, I'm sure there's some religious aspect to it and everybody's worried and wondering and, and, and it's just I it turned it's turned into now the fucking Wild West. So this transgendered person tried to use the facilities and then someone was mad at them and and all I know is now it's exploded, so now every day there's protests. There's like there's pro there's pro trans people and then there's anti trans people and then someone got stabbed the other day and they're fighting and it's like Man, I I don't want to do the shit I like. I mean, I don't. I, I there. How many times you've been like? There's a great movie called Slacker, and uh, this dude and his girlfriend are there, and the girl's like, "Hey, man, we should go to the beach." And he's like, oh, "I hate the beach." And she's like, "What do you mean? We can get some like like a raft. We'll go have fun. Maybe we'll have some hot dogs or something." She's like, "Oh, it's artificial fun. It's like a it's like a job that you have to do. It's like a job that's supposed to be fun." And she's just like, "Well, you're just gonna sit around here and read the paper all day?" And he's like, "Yes." And, and I have to admit, man, there's some fucking appeal in that. I've talked before, like even if I have stuff on the agenda where I'm supposed to go to a concert or I'm supposed to go to a baseball game or something, I, you know, and we've talked about this many times. There's an old guy who lives inside me who goes, what if you just stayed home? What if you didn't do any of that? What if you just, you just hung out in your house? And again, also, while you're here, why don't you eat yourself to death? Wouldn't that be good? Oh, you should do that. Don't go to a concert. Those are silly. Get to go see it. What, what are you going to have fun? Whatever. You've been to a bunch of concerts, man. You're going to go to another one. What's this one going to do? Is it going to change your life? No, it isn't. No, but you know what could change your life? Oh, whatever fucking pizza you brought home and shoved into your face. 
you know, it could change your life. A hundred dollars for the Chinese food. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> Why don't you watch that concert online? Why don't you watch some baseball on TV instead of going anywhere? Why don't you close all your doors and windows and never go outside? <laughs> that dude lives inside me. That's, and that's, you know what? Every time I eat something, he just gets bigger. Like any weight I put on is that dude just getting fucking heavier inside me, ready to fucking go at it and keep me anchored to my goddamn place of, of residence. Ridiculous. (sighs) But I fought him off. I did fight him off and I made it out the goddamn door. And as you know, I went to Chicago, ladies and gentlemen. I uh, it's it's a shame to say it, but it's it's about it's two weeks ago now. Uh, I was in Chicago. I did stand up. Uh, I went and visited friends, all that kind of stuff, and it was uh, <laughs> it was it was fucking fantastic. Like I told you, I always fight myself. No, I don't do this, or why would you do that, or don't do that. And I mean, Christ, I this show's coming out fucking late all the time because I'm fighting myself. Well, nobody wants to hear that, or don't do this, or nobody cares, whatever the fuck. You know, all, all the nonsense, all the ridiculous, same bullshit. And, uh, <laughs> and, and instead I went, man. I booked it, and I was worried. Look, was I, I yes, because I was worried about material. I was worried about what I was going to do on stage, all of these different things. And, um, I, you know, I flew, it's funny, I flew Southwest, this is, Southwest has come full circle, like it used to be, I told you, uh, I had a very, uh, on this show, I told the story of a dust up I had where, um, yeah, I was a big dude, and they made me buy two tickets, so this time I'm a big dude, and I, I kind of went to the counter to check in just to see if that was going to be an issue, because I didn't want to get fucking yelled at at the gate, and now when they see that you're a big dude, Southwest Airlines, uh, they they call you over and they go, hey, uh, would you like to have an, an extra seat next to you? And I'm like, uh, well, I, I don't know, I, I don't know if I want to pay for it. And they're just like, no, no, we'll, we'll accommodate you. And and now they do what they can because they want everybody to be uh, uh, happy and safe in the air, which is a nice policy. It's good. Um, so I flew out of Burbank, and uh, again, same deal. They hooked me up with a seat, and I got in there, and Max picked me up at the airport, and we went to his place. And, uh, you know, I got into town early, so I had to go, (laughs) I, 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 I made it a point in my brain to where I wasn't going to, uh, I wasn't going to make food a huge issue on this trip. You know what I mean? Like I, I, when we ate, we ate, I wasn't going to be like, well, I got to go here and I got to go there and I got to go this place. I got to go that, you know, it's, that's, that's when I get into troubles when I start making food a fetish, you know, and I, and I'm like, Oh, I got to go to white castle and I got to go to this, I got to go to Portillo's. I got to go all these places. So in my head, I wasn't going to do that, you know? And, uh, um, and, and also it's funny being there with David, you know, cause he has to eat completely differently because of health issues and stuff like that. And, uh, and the family, you know, they just, they eat dinner cause they're a grown up family. Mex cooks something, everybody eats. Uh, he, he made, uh, what did he make? I forget the chicken. He's supposed to be sending me the recipe. He made some fancy chicken that he made. Uh, it was great. It was, it was, that was the first night I got to see it, And it's, it's really, I've stayed at David's house now for, it's gotta be fucking 20 years. You know, whenever I, I, uh, even longer than that, you know I mean? In, in the old days, I, I, well, I didn't stay with him in the old days at the old house. Did I? Well, yeah, I did it. Whatever the fuck, who cares? But but I, I flew there 
And uh, I mean, as early as 97 when I would leave and then I would come back for do stand up and then I would stay at David's house always. And the kids were young. You know, I was, I was there when Kristen was pregnant with Val and then we were, <laughs> we ordered the aforementioned hundred dollars worth of Chinese food and we were going to play fucking video games all night. And then Kristen went into labor and, uh, and he had to go and take her and he did all that. And, uh, the Chinese food was just at the house. It was wild. Um, so I, I've been staying there that long. I mean, since my godson was born and even before that. So when I would go, you know, I'd eat dinner with the kids. And I mean, I, I remember, I remember when Val would put spaghetti in his hair, you know what I mean? Or when, when he wouldn't eat, he would eat like two bites of dinner and say that he was done because he was so tiny. Uh, and then we'd, we would do things to make them laugh at the dinner table. We'd have a great time. It was just, it was amazing, right? Well, over the years, you know, they've gotten older. I'm there when they're seven. I'm there when they're 10, you know. Well, now, you know, Ava just graduated college and Val just graduated high school. He's off to college in the fall. So now when I go to the house, I even said, I go, look, man, I just want to make sure it's going to be cool at your place because I, I, there, there's nothing, I can't imagine anything that would be more traumatic for a, a young woman than to see her uncle without his shirt on. You know what I mean? I don't, I mean, fuck all that. When I was a kid, like I said, I had an uncle Pudge. All right. And, uh, and I, and he earned the nickname. And so the last thing I would, and we, you know, he'd play volleyball. We'd be at my uh, uncle's for a cookout and he'd do that thing where he'd roll his sleeves up. Like he, he, you know, he'd have like fucking black jeans on and a button, sh- button short sleeve button shirt with a pattern on it and a fucking hat and a cigar. He was awesome. I loved him. But also then he played volleyball. He'd be fucking sweating and his pomaded hair would be hanging in his face. And then he'd unbutton his shirt and just do that thing where you fan yourself to try to get air. And I was like, oh, oh, no. Oh, no. Holy Jesus. Why am I being accosted by, by middle-aged whale belly? That's not good. And I don't mean big as a whale. I mean just as white as the underside of a fish. I mean, just you could you could see yourself in it. It was like he was just he was almost luminescent. Oh, my Christ. Uh, and so I, I you know, because when I go to David's house, the room I stay in is their guest room. It's upstairs. The joke is that it's my room. Um, and it's right by it's next to Ava's and Val's. Literally all three of them are in the same corner. And I don't uh, I never wanted to just wander out. You know what I mean? I'm very careful. I try to and also. I don't want to leave like my toothpaste out. I, I try to be as respectful as, you know, as I'm, I'm a guest in somebody's house. I, I'm not an idiot, but also at the same time, knowing that there is now a, you know, a, a, I think a 22 year old woman using the same restroom I'm using. Uh, and then, and then an 18 year old boy, um, it's, it's a lot different from when I had the shower to myself and they would get, you know, they'd get a bath, you know, four times a week or whatever they did. And they had to be bathed by their mom and all that stuff. Uh, now, you know, I, I, they've got, hair products <laughs> and they've got facial scrubs. They've got all the same things that I use. So I had to try to make sure that my stuff was all fucking positioned. Uh, but before I went, I had to ask him, I go, Hey, look, when I stay at your place, man, I don't want to, I don't want to be weird for Ava and Val. And he's like, no, fuck. They, they know you're coming. It's fine. Um, and, and I, my fears were unfounded because uh, in a long way, I'm getting just to this point. Uh, they're never home. Ava and Val are never home. Like Val's got a, you know, He's he's dating somebody and uh, and I think Ava's dating somebody so she'd go spend time at his house and they they it was so weird to see them just go out at like eleven o'clock at night they go yeah now we're gonna run up to the store we're gonna get a coffee or whatever and they're autonomous they're grownups they're people they do things and it was just really it was a super great but also b uh, very different for me 
uh, I loved it because because I, you know, I don't have kids. Clearly, I, I will never have kids unless I, 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 you know, as I've said before, I've got my money all tied up in the Powerball. As soon as that investment pays off, then maybe, maybe I think about polluting this planet with a little me. Uh, not really. I mean, who the fuck am I going to trick into doing that? Some surrogate? Maybe I could do that. Well, what, you know, hey, man, I want to get a kid. Let's find some uh, fucking hot chick to go ahead and do that. Uh, yeah, because then that's gross, right? Because you can't you don't bang a surrogate, right? She just gets a tube of you and just jams it inside of her. Uh, see, this is no good. All right, I'm going to have to find some Instagram TikTok chick, and I'm going to fucking try to, you know, because she's got her childbearing hips and her years are ahead of her and stuff like that, and they're going to need a mom when I die because I'll be dead in 20 years. So, you know, right when their high school graduation happens, I'll be like, hey, what's going on? They're going, we're going to school. I go, great. I'll be in a hospital bed for the next year and a half. Make sure you stop paying and say hi. But your mom is young enough to know what's up. Uh, I'm never having kids. So it, to go there and and see... What amazing people they've become. You know, it's it's not even kids. It's not even that they're well-behaved. It's just they're fully formed grown-ups at the ages of 21, 22, and uh, 17, 18, whatever they are. Uh, and and it's astonishing to me. And it, it's just such a credit to Kristen and David and the job they've done raising these kids that they have. And also they have full trust in them. Like I said, Val, Val came home. We were sitting there watching TV at three 30 in the morning. Val comes in. He's like, Hey, what's up? You know? And they know he's not drunk. <laughs> they know he's not, uh, me and David <laughs> when we were kids <laughs> surfing, surfing, fucking shopping carts. Uh, I said on stage a thing where I was like, I was trying to explain what it was like growing up. Uh, I said, you know, I said, you know, the show Jackass. I said, all right, well, reruns of my life is what Jesus watches when Jackass isn't on television. Like literally in, 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 cause they know God knows what he did and God knows what I did. Uh, so we, you know, we just did a bunch of nonsense, throwing shit through fucking windows and egging cars and all that. And, and again, Val's got machetes, he's got edge weapons and shit like that. And and he's got arrows and, and, but he's just, he's just a, he's just the best kid. And, and I know, and look, this isn't me. Like, it's not a fucking kid measuring contest. I'm not like, oh, these are the best kids ever. And you guys are dumb. No, man. I'm sure your kids are awesome. Your, your, your daughters and sons are all fantastic. And everybody, everybody loves their children and has done a fantastic job raising them. It's just because for me, it is so out of the realm of possibility. It's like Lenny's a great dad. I see my nieces are like with him and that's fucking amazing. Uh, and, and you know, my, my friends, Jeff, all, all of my friends, I'm, I'm so lucky. I'm so lucky that I'm lucky. These people even want to fucking keep me in their group because they, they're all grownups. They're all adults, but they're all still silly and fun. Uh, they've raised their children. All of them are going to Stanford or Arizona state or Illinois state. And they're all graduating and they're all there at USC and UCLA with honors. And I mean, it's, it's just, it's so fantastic that again, these are people that I knew growing up that, um, because I've seen the other side of it, too. You know what I mean? Hell, I am the other side of it. You know what I mean? Uh, not having a dad, not graduating high school, all of the things that happened. Uh, I don't want to say happened to me, but the things that I experienced growing up. Um, and I'm, I'm so happy and proud to know people who did not let that happen to their children. And it's and that's the thing. It's to a man. Craig, has his son is doing extremely well. And, and 
like I said, Ock and Woj and Jeff and everybody has has done such a fabulous job with their kids, and it's remarkable. You know, and look, it's not like I thought these. It's the fucking UN of evil, all right? We were just idiots. Dennis, be, with his kids, he's got uh, you know uh, his daughter's about to go up to fucking uh, um, where's she going? UW, Washington, and his other son's at Wisconsin. Uh, everybody's just done such a fantastic job raising their kids, and and but again, like as you've heard the stories about the UN of evil and the nonsense and and all the bullshit, and it's funny that they that you know because again, we were never. There was drinking, certainly, but nobody's in any fucking hard drugs. Nobody's into hurting anybody. It was just general fucking hijinks, a lot of nonsense. You know what I mean? And we were good at it. And and I'm so happy to see that they, with the the, the same verve that they they reserved for shenanigans, they've been able to funnel into their children and raise them to be great human beings. And it's the best. You know, I, I was at the house and that thing where nobody's worried about anything. What a, what a fucking amazing. I mean, they're, look, they probably have built in parental worries, but they trust the kids so much that there's never anything. Like I said, Ava's gone until two in the morning or, you know, and, and same thing with. And also Ava comes down and does her own laundry. It's just it's just I know this sounds like just real life things that everybody sees or does. But I. I'm endlessly fascinated by the fact that that. These kids, like I said, I, I knew Ava when she would laugh when I would make Google eyes or do stupid noises. I'd do a goose call at dinner. And and like I said, Val would, would there's a great painting David did of him with spaghetti all in his hair. It's just because he would he would do that. He knew it because even then he knew it would make people laugh. And he's just and also Val is fucking smart and funny and sharp and silly and and every every bit the the oddity and oddball that his dad is with the same kind of sense of humor but also just fucking he he's surpassed us both probably with his nonsense um he he'll just be out and he'll come home with uh he he brought him up uh, just a finger puppet of the pope and he just he goes yeah it's for you dad and he's like i just saw it in the store he brought him and it's like why what just nonsense absolute silliness and i love it i absolutely i just i can't stress enough the wonderful feeling to be in a place where everybody, uh, there's so much love in the house and also nobody is worried. There, there's no, where are they? What are they doing? Are they coming home or what's going on? Is anybody, nobody's worried that anybody's ever going to do anything wrong or be in trouble because they won't because Kristen and David did their job and Ava and Val are great people. And man, I felt it just, it just was so, you know, so so I it's so funny. <laughs> I feel like Forrest Gump half the time when I'm there, when uh, when Jenny introduces him to his son, and then he's like, "Is he smart, Jenny? Is he like me?" <laughs> and so when I see Val and Ava, like I want them to like me. I want them to like their Uncle Mike and not think that I'm like Uncle Pudge with my fat belly hanging out. That's the thing. I don't want to be. Uh, I don't want them to see me in my underwear. I'm not. I'm not the grandparents from from Sixteen Candles. I don't want to be. The, the an adult I, I does that make sense i don't i don't want to be seen by them as a uh i don't want them to roll their eyes when they think of me i don't want there to be any moment when they think to themselves oh no uncle mike's coming over you know what i mean and and it's it's so odd that i at 53 feel i have to prove myself to a 22 year old and an 18 year old but i don't really because they they are just again 
they're just so accepting and they've known me forever and they love me and I love them. And, and it's, uh, but I, I, but still for some reason, and look, it's just, it's a flaw in my character, I suppose that I worry that they're, they, I don't ever want to make them not like me or make think, uh, ill of me. So I had to make sure going to their house, <laughs> I was like, is it okay? Can I use the shower? Do I have to check with them? What do I need to do? Do I, and Max is like, dude, just stay. Don't, don't worry about it. Everything's fine. And it was, uh, I, I loved it. I loved seeing them. So, uh, I got to his place and, um, uh, I recorded, uh, did we do that Wednesday? No. Yeah. You know what? Cause I flew in Tuesday and then he and I had Tuesday to just fucking hang out and do nothing. It was great. And, uh, he made uh, fancy chicken and then, and then Thursday or no Wednesday, uh, I had a show at Zany's, it was going to be my first show. And so I was, uh, I'm like, all right, I gotta, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm not going to be around tomorrow. Cause I got to figure out some jokes and stuff. And he's like, that's fine. So I woke up Thursday and I, um, I couldn't decide, like I told you guys, I didn't know what I was going to do on stage. I wasn't sure I had been writing stuff and, and looking at stuff and trying to make it work. And, and because I think I told you, uh, you know, my poker buddies were like, are you just going to write a, a new 30-minute act? And I'm like, yeah, kind of. But I also have stuff that I've talked about on the show, and maybe I can go ahead and bring that to the stage. And I was so weirded out in my brain and worried about doing the time and filling the 30 and making it work. And um, because that's, uh, we've, we've talked about this, and, and I'm mentioning it again. This is what I do these days. I, for some reason, um, doubt my abilities and, and wonder and worry. And, and it's a thing, uh, I'm fighting, you know, as I've mentioned, it's just lifting weights. It's just stand up comedy. It's things you've done 30 years. Yes. I, I know. I know. Um, but there's, there's just a chunk of me that tells me it, it's not going to work. So regardless, I, I just, I just hung up in the room in my, in the bedroom and, and went through bits. Now I had a bunch of bits that I had written and I was trying to figure out how to piece them together and where they were going to go. And then I, in my brain, I was like, well, just trust yourself. You know what I mean? When you go on stage, just fucking wing it. And the important thing was Wednesday's show was only, I was only doing like 10 to 15 minutes. So I looked at that as like a, just a way to get the rust off, you know, to go on stage. And I didn't, I didn't know who was going to be there. It was a, it was a 10 comic show and Lenny was doing it, streaming it live to the internet and things like that. And, um, uh, oh, I, you know what? I, I should tell you this. Uh, I think I mentioned to you that I had to rent a car. Did I tell you this? I rented a car. Um, then, see, this is why I need somebody. So, someone who was the keeper of the notes. Someone who would go ahead and jot all this stuff down and go, yes, you talked about this. No, you didn't talk about that. Um, and this is because this is the thing I worry about. And then everybody's like, just fucking talk. Who cares? <laughs> That's so fucking weird. I'm like, well, yeah, but I want it to be good. And I don't want to repeat myself like a doddering old man. Shut up and talk. All right. Uh, so I had to rent a car. I told you, and I went through this, this website called Turo because the fucking car, uh, prices were outrageous. They were silly. So I rented a car from Turo and uh, Turo is, uh, I said this on stage, Turo is another nail in the coffin of America. It is an Airbnb for cars. So basically anybody can rent your car. If you put it out there, they can rent it and then they, whatever the fuck, and, um, and so I, and I will say this, I browsed through there was, and there were cars, man, they had a Maserati on there and they had, they have cars and the, you know, they're 80 bucks a day, 90 bucks a day. But then I found some, you know, I was looking for something, 
I, I, I just, you know, I just wanted to get to and from because I had to get to and from the comedy club. I wasn't going to borrow Max's car because that's another thing too. Fucking Val's got his own car. Ava's got her own car. Kristen's got her own car. David's got his own car. So it's just, there's a great sign. And Riverdale Dogs like, look like Joe's used hot car lot out there. Um, so I'm getting my car. I'm going to have to put that on the street. But I, so I wasn't going to borrow any of their cars. I needed to rent a car. So I called Toro. I went online and did it. And I was looking for cars to, and there was a guy I don't want to say his name, but just there was like 80 vowels in his name. Just I it's fucking I didn't even know an eye chart could own a, a vehicle legally, but it did. And uh, and his car was only 50 bucks. So I was like, all right, well, you know what? This doesn't sound bad. And it was something it was uh, <laughs> it was a Kia Nero. And there's a good chance he built it himself because <laughs> I, I know what Kia is, but I have never heard of a Nero in my life, uh, save for the one who fiddled. But it was it was a SUV hybrid type. I don't fucking know. It looked good in the pictures, and he only wanted 50 bucks. So I was going to need it for Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, and then I, you know, I had a, a pizza thing on Monday, but I was like, well, I don't know if I need it for that, but who knows. So... Uh, I went to rent it for like, I think, four, five days. Five days. Yeah, because I was going to go to my, see my uncle on Sunday. Anyway, I went to rent it for five days. And uh, it was 52 bucks a day. So that's what, two, 260 bucks. But then Turo gets their fucking cut. And then they wanted me to buy insurance. And it, it said in these like really bold letters, it's like, your insurance may not cover you for any accidents in any car here rented from Turo. So we recommend that you get the, the insurance. And uh, they had the bargain basement insurance, which had a $3,000 deductible. And that was only like $75 uh, for the week. Then the middle one uh, had a $500 deductible. And that was uh, $200 for the week. Or no, it was 180 I think it was 180 And then the Cadillac, which is the one with no deductible, that was like $300 for the, for the five days. And I was like, all right, I have insurance. And I never take out the insurance on on rental cars. I just don't, um, because I always figure I'm covered, you know. And we've look, we had a debacle before. I told you that one of my uh, I had a rental car that was stolen, <laughs> and then I had to tell them, hey, it was stolen. And then they were I, they were like, well, nothing you can do about it. You got to pay for it. And budget rental car wanted me to pay them forty thousand dollars, and I had to call Geico, whatever the fuck. So <laughs> I still don't get the insurance because I know my insurance covers me, but. With this fucking website I've never used before, with the Airbnb of cars, because again, there's a, d- a thing now too, like my car insurance. You have to tell them if you're going to do gig rides, if you're going to do Uber or Lyft, because if you have an if you have an accident while you're Ubering and you don't tell your insurance company that you were doing it, they'll just fucking they'll default you. They'll be like, nope, we don't cover you anymore, and you're fucking they won't pay you anything. So you always have to be very meticulous and tell these people what's going on. Well, with Turo, I. I you know, I wasn't going to call my insurance company to verify. I, I guess I could have, but I was just, I just wanted to rent the fucking car. And look, did it did that cost myself money? Yes, I probably did. But I, uh, I, and I said, I can't take the fucking, I don't want to pay a $3,000 deductible. So I took, I took the middle insurance, which was 180 bucks. So, so overall for five days, not even a joke, it, it wound up costing me $465 for this fucking car for five days. That and that was like I said with Turo's cut and his cut and their cut and fucking insurance and Jesus fuck man it's it's a great idea but boy does it fucking pile up and uh, and by the way uh, I know you're thinking to yourself well Mike you were just going to do a uh, comedy for a week 
Uh, how much did you make doing comedy? Well, it's funny. I'm not going to get into it. I think I've told you, though, that the money was so completely different. It's, it's actually less than I made the last time I played Zanies in 1995. And in addition to that, it was uh, less than I paid for the rental car. So look, I knew I wasn't making a fucking dime to go out there anyway. It was all about getting back on stage and seeing Max. I hadn't seen him in forever. But uh, but at the same time, man, I uh, I wasn't thrilled about paying 450 for a rental car, but I needed a fucking rental car. So I did it. So I had to pick that up on uh, Wednesday. And, uh, and so Max was going to bring me, I, I, you know, the guy texted me, he's like, all right, here's the address. So I put the address in the phone. That's a gas station. And I'm like, wait a minute, what? So I text him again and he's like, uh, oh, I should tell you this. Even the day before we picked it up, he sent me a note and he's like, Hey, uh, the previous uh, driver has damaged my vehicle. Can I interest you in a Kia Forte? And, uh, and I, I just, in my brain, I was like, I don't. How many fucking Kias do you have, Kim Jong-un? I mean, what, do you have to get the whole Korean fleet at your goddamn place? Jesus Christ, man. Uh, and no, I don't want the Forte. The whole point of getting the Nero is it's kind of an SUV, so it was a little roomier, and I was willing to pay for it. And uh, and so I, I didn't I didn't answer his texts. He, he texted me four times, said there was this damage. And then finally, the fourth time, he's like, it's all right, it's all squared away. Uh, he, and this was while I was traveling, I should say. This is when I was flying in on Tuesday. So Tuesday night, I texted him, and I go, hey, so what's the story with the car? Is it damaged? It's not. He goes, no, it's fine. He goes, you can pick it up tomorrow at the address. And, and I said, well, that's a gas station. And he's like, yeah, it's okay. It's a blue car. I'll meet you right out front. I'll be there. Don't worry. And uh, So now, I mean, you know, picking up at a gas station, is, I, I, am I going to get some meth, too? I mean, is this behind a dumpster? What the fuck? Again, it's such such a death of America fucking moment. I'm renting somebody's car. I got to meet him in a, a handoff. At that point, again, I'm not even thinking that it's his, really his car. I, I would have I canceled at that point. I would have taken the Forte, but I wanted him to prove to me that the fucking Nero existed. Like I said, I thought he built it himself. I, I, don't, I just want to see the goddamn thing in person to see what it really is. Uh, and also, I'm going to meet you at, a, at, at this point. Is it really his car? Or is it just going to be whatever's running in the parking lot? He tells me to hop into it and take off. I I, I don't know, man. We're like from an F9. We're just boosting cars in the fucking parking lot now. So I I said, all right, I'll meet you in the morning. Uh, by the way, what is the damage? Like what happened? He goes, oh, the person smoked in my car. And I was like, oh, man. Because, dude, I can't drive a vehicle for a fucking week that somebody smoked. And you need cigarette smoke in my... I'm wearing show clothes. I mean, I didn't want fucking nothing to do with it. Um, But, you know, I figured I would get there and check it out. And if it was bad, I would tell them no. You know, I mean, it's because, again, there's no fucking rules here. This is Thunderdome, man. I'm renting a car from a guy at a gas station. It's not like he's going to fucking sue me and hold me to it. I could just fucking tell Turo, no thanks, the car's fucking ruined. Uh, but he told me they changed the air filters and the cabin filters and stuff like that. And everything was fine. And I was like, you don't know how smoke works, do you? Like I, nobody's just blowing their fucking smoke directly into the glove compartment. The whole fucking car is going to reek. So we go to the gas station, Max and I, and, and, uh, I tell him I'm on my way. The guy's like, oh, I'm running a little late. <laughs> so it's like, of course you are. Of course you are. You probably got to get a forte to somebody. So we meet him. Finally, he shows up and, uh, he goes, all right, here's the key, and it's this car right here. And it's super nice. I, the Kia Nero is is a nice, I've said before, like, I'm not, If look, again, if I had a billion dollars, would I be driving awesome fucking cars? Yeah, probably. That might be fun. But I, I'm at the point now where I don't need something fancy. I just, I want a nice car with a good radio that gets me to and fro. That's it. And you get, just get me to where I'm fucking going. I'm not racing anybody on the goddamn street. I'm not trying to impress fucking chicks. It's just like, I just need a fucking cool-ass vehicle that gets the job done. 
And this was fine. It was beautiful. It was clean. He gives me the key and I bit, bit, bit with the fucking thing and I open the door. And I'm shocked that Spicoli didn't tumble out of this car. Because holy fuck. When he said she smoked in the car, I just assumed that that it was cigarettes. But dudes, this this may have I think I think there's a chance the Fuji's had the car for the whole week. I think or, or, you know what? Might have been Ziggy Marley and his band. I mean, it was the whole thing smelled like Snoop's ball sack. I mean, it's crazy fucking weed. And and I like the smell of weed. I got no problem with that. So I was like, I just laughed out loud, though. And I go, oh, dude, because, yes, I am sorry. You know, but they said they f-. I go, well, you smell it. Right. He goes, oh, yeah, no, I'm, I know. And I go, well, good luck getting this out of here, man. I, I don't I don't know what you're going to do. Um, but all right. As long as you know, we took the lap around to see if there's any dings or dents or whatever. And I go, all right. I, I go, look, I don't smoke weed, but fuck how would you know if i did and he's like he's just like yeah so i said i said all right so i took the car and i drove and i gotta tell you man it just it was i mech smelled it on me when i got out of the car he's like oh my god i'm like yeah i great i gotta go to shows people are gonna think i'm fucking sleeping in a bong for fuck's sake and i had the car like i said for five days the smell never went away it never went away it was fucking crazy how much how deeply it smelled of weed. It was insane. Like I wanted to bring people out to it because because I talked about it on stage and I wanted to go. No, follow me out. You got to smell this. You have to smell this. It's insane how much it smells. Uh, so we rent the car and then I went back to to Mex's place and then I just I hung out to think of bits. Like I you know I knew I knew I was going to do all that rental car stuff. Uh, I had written some stuff about Bezos and and going into space and stuff. Whatever, I had written a bunch of stuff, and I was trying to pare it down, and I knew I only had 10 to 15 minutes, but I was like, all right, well, we'll figure this out. Uh, and then I thought to myself, well, maybe this can be the 10 or 15 minutes that starts off every show, uh, and then I'll tell a story <clears throat> on stage. you know. But also, I wasn't sure how that was going to work, because it's a comedy club, and people are watching stand-up, and I don't know if they're into me or into what I do or any of that stuff. I, I had no idea, right? So uh, <laughs> I, I I learned bits, and then I drove to Rosemont. Rosemont's about 28 miles from Mex's house, so it was a half hour to get there. Um, and, man, it felt, here's how it felt. It felt weird, but it felt fucking great. It felt really cool to be going to a club to do shows. It just It just felt right. So I park. And uh, the Zanies is in like an entertainment complex, right? And uh, I walked in the door, and there were there were some people there that knew me. I was at the first night. Yeah, I think it was. Um, girls, I went to. Uh, oh no, no, not, not the first night. Were they? Were they there the first night? Fucking Lori. Girls, I went to high school with Lori and Jody and Leanne. Uh, and now in my brain, I'm like, now nah, I'm nervous because now I got to go up and I'm like, oh no, what if they, what if it doesn't go well in front of them? And I, you know, it's, I'm so fucking ridiculous. Uh, my brother Scott was there, which was fucking awesome to see him. And Lenny was set up the way it was the first night was, uh, it was going to be a web, web stream and it was going to go live. And if you haven't seen it, it's actually available. Uh, it was linked to my Facebook page. Uh, write me and I'll put you in the right direction. But I, I think I put it on the Joker's page as well with Facebook. Maybe not. But uh, but whatever. You can see the first set that I did, which was the Wednesday night set. And there was about... you'll Actually, the whole three-hour show is up there. and, and Or two-hour show or whatever it is. 
You see a bunch of comics from Chicago. I'm right in the middle. I'm like fifth out of ten. And uh, again, I'm in the back. And I'm wondering what's going to happen when the guy goes ahead of me and who's going to kill and who's not going to kill and how's it going to go and what am I going to do when I get on stage. And I was mainly worried about pacing myself. You know what I mean? Because I can I, look, I talk fucking forever on here and there's no breaks. You're just fucking just just running off a cliff. But on stage, you got to pause. You got to you got to do bits. You got to give them time to laugh and frame it the right way. And, and uh, language is important. All of these things, you know, you just you're learning to do it all over again, essentially. And uh and Lenny introduced me, and I went up on stage. Now, I'll tell you this. If you watch the video, you'll see that I'm the one comic Lenny missed like the first three minutes of my set. Uh, you'll hear my set, but the fucking camera's pointing at the floor. And he went to get a drink. <laughs> and then I guess, you know, he told me later, he's like, I'm real sorry about that. I'm like, I don't, what do I, that's fine. Uh, if people could hear it, that's fine. Because I wanted to get a copy of the video. Uh, and then he's just, he's like, oh man, the first three minutes, he can't see you. And I'm like, uh, of course, fucking of course. I was I wasn't mad, but I was just kind of like, you know, how the fuck? I can't get mad. You can't get mad at that shit. It's not his fault. Whatever the fuck. He's not a cameraman. Uh, but I went on stage, and I was also worried about getting dry mouthed. Like if you do a bit and it doesn't work, especially right off the bat. If I did a bit and it didn't go anywhere, then I would be so worried. Your mouth gets dry. It's just a physical reaction. It's not. It's not. It's kind of nerves. It's kind of a, 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 it's, it's, unless you've done it, you don't know what it is. If you've ever given a best man toast, if you've ever had to speak in front of people, your body just betrays you. You know, if you, if you don't get the laugh or what you were expecting, your mouth will go dry and you kind of, all of a sudden that's when you start to sweat or whatever, any of those things. Right. So I was worried. I didn't know how that was going to work. And, uh, I got on stage and again, it felt right. And I, I started talking and I got laughs instantly and I, I got laughs the whole set. And it's funny, I, I, I only did, like I said, like 12 minutes. Um, but I, I was so proud of that 12 minutes. I was so incredibly happy with how that 12 minutes went. I floated off stage. And then I, I actually went, I went and I did a, I did an Instagram story. I did a Snapchat story because I wanted to capture exactly how I felt in that moment. I wanted people to know exactly how great I felt. And I, I and I, it was, it was terrible. I, I, cause I, I killed, I said I killed, I was talking about how I killed and, and then you watch the video and it doesn't look like I killed because the crowd is not miked, but I promise you, <laughs> I got, I got really great laughs the entire set. And I, because you believe me, you would, if I didn't, you would see it in my performance. You would see it in the way I acted, but I, 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 I surfed the laughs, man. And, and it's, it's strange to describe to you how it works. Like with this show, I just talk and my, whatever comes flying out of my mouth, I, I try to keep up with it and that's great. But on stage, like I said, you got to pace yourself and it's different. But also if you do a bit and it gets a laugh, it allows your head to reset like shooting a gun. Uh, if I shoot a bullet and they fucking respond to it, then I can sit there while the chamber clicks to the next one. You know what I mean? I, I, cause you can't just rant. I mean, I have, and I can certainly, but, but, but when I'm doing bits and trying to establish who I am, it's, it's just a different animal. If you've seen me live on the one man, you know that I can just rampage like I do here on the show. But if it's people who don't know who I am, I can't just fucking launch on them like that. I, and I got to pace myself, whatever the fuck, regardless, Wednesday was amazing. It was amazing. 
Uh, you know what? I'm, I might not have done the Snapchat and stuff that night. I might have done that Thursday. But I post I posted on the Joker's page. I go, look, man, I just fucking destroyed, and I could not be happier right now. And I was fucking thrilled. I was thrilled. And then uh, and then I it, there's no better feeling than doing extremely well at stand up. And then you're then you're done, and you just you just hang out, and people look at you and go, wow. There were all these new comics there, Chicago comics, and uh, this girl Robbie, and a bunch of other people, and they were like, because they know Lenny, they go see Lenny every time he's there. They didn't know anything about me, and they 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 came up to me and they're like, "Oh man, wow, oh you're really funny, holy Jesus, you're really funny." Where do you work? And I'm like, "I don't." <laughs> it was my first time on stage in three years, and that was true. Um, but then there were people on the set that you know, people I haven't seen in ten years, no, not even fucking twenty years. T.R. Banker and a bunch of guys. I mean, and then my friend Brian Noonan was there, and I was so happy to see Brian. And uh, he closed the show and it ended and we said goodbye to everybody. We hung out, you know, visiting with friends and saying goodnight. And and then it was just me, Lenny and and Brian and Mike, the manager of Zanies. Uh, and then Mark also popped in as well. Another another manager. And uh, we just hung out and closed the fucking place. They, they The guys drank and we talked comedy and we fucking just it was it was the hang is the best part. I can't stress it enough, man. The hang is absolutely the best part. I mean, the show, when the show goes extremely well, the hang is great. I mean, if, if you bomb, you don't want to hang, but you do. Uh, but goddamn, the, the hang is absolutely the best part. Lenny is Lenny was drinking and he was, you know, Brian had a few and we just laughed and talked and joked and fucked around. And it was so unbelievably great. And I drove back to see David, and we, you know, we hung out and watched a movie at his place. And and the next day, you know, he's he's like, "How did it go?" I said, "Great." And then the next day, I, again, I was trying to figure out what I was going to do because I knew I was going to do essentially the same set I had done the night before, but I had to do longer. I knew I was going to do thirty minutes. And then I showed up at Zany's the next night, and they're like, "Hey, we got a guest set. Do you want to do? Can you do fifteen to 20? And I'm like, "Yeah, sure." And uh, and so I did. You know, I and and I uh, Thursday was better than Wednesday. Thursday, I fucking just it was so great. It was just really, really good. And uh, I met this guy Vince, did the guest set, and um, it was it was <laughs> it was back to the start, back to what I used to do: that driving, going to the club, going inside, waiting. The music starts, they do the intro, you wait, you watch, you sit there, and then you're going to go up and you're just going to fucking, you know, you, I was worried on Wednesday, and then I wasn't so worried on Thursday, and uh, and I crushed it on Thursday. Man, I fucking crushed it, and did uh, uh, the same material I had done the, the night before, and then Friday came, and there was two shows on Friday, so... I was trying, and I knew again I had to do the longer set, so I was like, "All right." And then I walked in, and again they said Friday. They're like, "Hey man, can you do uh, uh, just like fifteen to 20? We have another guest set because I guess that's how Zanies works it in Rosemont. They get a lot of guest sets, and I'm like, "All right, yeah, that's fine." Because also I will tell you this, um, you know, I'm not going to argue with doing less time. I, I I just am not. You know what I mean? When I when I do my own shows, it's a totally different thing. But if you're in a club and they're just like, "Hey man, could you?" Do, I, I've never understood those guys who are like, uh, "Hey man, can I do an hour?" 
well, we only need to do 45. Okay, but I think I'm going to do an hour. And it's like, hmm, you needy motherfucker. All right, good for you. You're going to fucking ruin everybody's night and make the wait staff stay here and all that bullshit. Whatever. No, nah, man, do what the club wants you to do. So when they came up to me on Friday, he's like, hey, man, uh, can you do 15 to 20 this set? We got a guest set. I said, sure. And uh, Friday was tight. Uh, I got laughs. I did well. Uh, but it wasn't anything like Thursday, 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 Wednesday and Thursday. I did extremely well and people were really into me Friday. They were, they were tight and they would laugh and stop. They'd be like, (laughs) and they'd stop, which means the surfing thing I mentioned where it's, you're waiting for the chamber to click and waiting for the next bullet. It comes that much quicker. So especially the way I like to work is I like to work a little faster. And so if people are laughing, it allows me to have the illusion of everything. There's joke, laugh, joke, laugh, joke, laugh, joke, laugh. But now it's like joke, laugh, silence. And then I, I, you know what I mean? It's like I I have to try to keep up and it can throw you off your rhythm because then you're working faster than you want to work because you're trying to fill silences. Now, you know, from this show, all I'm trying to do all the fucking time is fill silences, right? Um, so I, I, I did the Friday early show and like I said, it was good, but it, it wasn't anything great or anything. It was the first challenge I had of the week where I, I did time and, and I walked off and I was, I was mad. Oh, Jesus Christ, quit bumping into shit. <laughs> I was mad. I, I, I won't lie. I, I was mad at myself. I was kind of mad at the crowd. I'm like, oh my God, why are they tight? What's going on? Um, but it didn't show, and uh, and this is this is chops and maturity that I don't usually have. Um, on stage you would you would have never told, but in my head I was mad. I was like, God damn it! What the fuck do I got to do to get these people? Um, but I don't have enough bullets in the gun right now because I haven't been doing stand up, so it's not like I could pivot and do this or that or this, right? So I was like, All right, well, you know what? I'll I'll just. I'll give them this and I'll feed them this and we'll see how it goes. And and like I said, they were still laughing. I still got laughs the whole time, but it wasn't what I wanted, you know. And I came off stage and I was fucking mad at myself and I was pissed for like five minutes and I'm walking around and Lenny's about to go up and, and then I go in the fucking green room and I'm sitting there and then I go, hey, 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 dude, you got to give yourself a break. You literally, you because you, I kept saying I haven't, you know, I would open by saying, oh, it's my first time on stage in three years. And uh, and then I, in the green room is when I really thought of the enormity of that statement. It's completely true. I had not been on a stage in three years. Last thing I did was Pod Smash in 2018. Or, or Cincinnati in 2018. I did Pod Smash in 2017. Um, I... I <laughs> So I, I was able to calm myself down in the green room and go, hey, you know what? You still did good. You didn't bomb. You didn't sweat. Uh, you, you did fine. And there's nothing wrong with just doing fine when you haven't done this in so goddamn long. And I, dudes, I was so proud of myself. I was so proud of the maturity that I showed in, in, in that the aftermath of that show because I recognized that it wasn't bad. I recognized that I didn't bomb. I, I did not give myself a hard time because what else could you have done differently or why did you bomb or why did it make you know, nothing? I was able to fight all of that off and just go have, have enough confidence and maturity and experience to go, no, no, you know what? You did good. This is only your third show in, in four years or three years or fourth show in four years and, uh, and, and give yourself a fucking break. And I did, man. And so then I, I got a, 
I had a little, <laughs> I wound up having a treat uh, for myself after every set because they had the green room and in the green room, it was so funny. They had a dresser that was filled with snacks. I'm not kidding. There was like 20 drawers in the dresser. One of them had peanut butter cups. One of them had chips. One of them had Cheetos. One of them had granola bars. One of them had, I mean, they, there was something in every single drawer, but also they had a fridge with free water and hard, hard ale and stuff like that for the comics. But then they had another little fridge that had Pellegrino flavored water seltzer, whatever the fuck. And, uh, I had one on Wednesday and I, I, I looked at it like a drink, like a well done drink, like a job well done celebratory drink. And so after every set, I would have one of these Pellegrinos. I had an orange pomegranate. I had a blood orange. I had a lemonade, limoncello flavor, whatever the fuck. Um, and it felt great <laughs> to know to know that that was my reward for doing what I had done. So I grabbed my Pellegrino, went out and watched Lenny fucking destroy the showroom because he's fucking hilarious. Uh, and then I tried to think about what I was going to do for the Friday Late Show. Because at the Friday Late Show, um, my friends were coming. Max and Woj and uh, Big Guy. And uh, also, my friends Sal and Jill, who listened to... Well, I know Sal definitely listens to the show. Uh, I, Jill Jill listens a lot, too. I don't know if she listens all the time. But Sal, is a, Sal has been uh, a fan... <clears throat> Sal has been on board with this show from the beginning. Uh, never not funny guy. And uh, they they just they came from Rhode Island to to see me perform, uh, and also to meet Max and watch Max do his podcast. Um, it was a it was <laughs> it might have been way too much of a week for them, but but. Uh, they turned it into a trip to Chicago where they went and saw the fucking bean. They went to a Cubs game uh, and they also came to see me record. I should tell you this. They, they, well, you know, this, the, the last podcast I did, Sal and Jill were on it. Uh, it was like two weeks ago. And they also were on Mex's podcast. We recorded Mex's show with Sal and Jill in the room. And then we recorded my show with Sal and Jill in the room. And uh, we also went to Portillo's for lunch. So uh, Jill had never been to Portillo's, and so uh, we went and got a. I got a beef sandwich. I don't know what Jill got. She might have got a hot dog. She got a cake shake. I know that at Portillo's, which is literally a fucking milkshake that they jam a slice of cake into, which is insane. Uh, but it was it was the best. It was it was great seeing them and meeting them and hanging out with them. They actually <laughs> so then they come to the show on Friday, right? And in my head, I'm like, all right, well, they're going to be here. Everybody's going to be here. What do I do? I, I, you know, I'm, and now I'm kind of getting my groove a little bit because I've got three sets under my belt and I'm like, all right, well, what am I going to do? And then they said, uh, the late show, I figured there was another guest set. So I'd be doing 15 to 20 because I can, and I know now I can do that standing on my head. And they're just like, Hey, you know what? Do the full 30 tonight. Do this one. And I said, Oh, cool. Uh, and then I kind of was like, uh Oh, <laughs> what am I going to do here? Cause I knew I had 15. Uh, to 20 of prepared material that I'd written about Amazon and all sorts of different stuff that I'd been doing. And then I wanted to tell a story. I'm like, you know what? I want to tell a goddamn story. And I didn't know what to tell. I didn't know what to do. So, uh, because I also wanted to tell stories I hadn't told on stage. And, uh, but Friday night uh, with, with everybody in the house, I, I was backstage and I was like, you know what? I, there's one story I haven't told, but I'm going to tell it, but I'm going to set it up with a story I have told. So on stage Friday uh, for the late show for my friends, uh, I started to talk a little bit and just do material. And then 
I pivoted into where I grew up, pivoted into growing up in Romeoville, and then I talked about seeing my mom in a street fight, which is on my CD. And I told that story, followed by a story I've told on this podcast, but I've never told on stage before, of when my mom broke her back and a babysitter had to stay with us, and then Lenny wound up sleeping with the babysitter. Uh, and I, I gave Lenny a heads up. I go, look, I'm going to tell this story. Uh, so I got on stage, and here was the thing. Not because, all right, I... I did I did very well on Wednesday. I did really good on Thursday. Friday was a tight show. Friday night late. It, I was fucking me. I was me, goddammit. And I fucking grabbed the room by the throat and I made them listen to me. Uh I was you know who I was? I was podcast Mike. I I I want I was gleeful jagoff. I was all the things I've described this show as. It was essentially like a podcast, but also in a in stand up form. I was very aggressive. Uh, and I would do something and I'd get a laugh and I go, Oh man, I'm good at this, right? Who's fucking good. I'm the goddamn talent. And I, I would, I would do that. And then I would tell the story and I'd weave inside the story, you know, things that, that would were boastful. I, I don't know how to explain. I was me. I was fucking me. I let my hands go and dudes, I fucking shredded the place. I, I was on my terms too, on my fucking terms as, as being me podcast, Mike, and Jill and Sal were in the room to see it, and all my friends were there to see it, and uh, and uh, you know Lenny, Lenny had a few people there as well. Uh, it just, it was such a fucking home run. God damn, was I happy! I was so happy. And uh, and then afterwards, man, I'm I'm just hanging with my friends. We're taking photos. We're meeting people. We're saying hi. And then we we were trying to find a place to go get a beer or something, or just have some fucking goddamn chicken fingers i don't fucking it just it was just amazing to hang out with everybody and see everybody and take photos with everybody i saw my buddy ken was there i'm going home again for his wedding uh dave and linda it was just it was fucking phenomenal the UN of evil was in the house man and i and it, i i made it worth their while that was the most important thing is i made it worth their goddamn while and i was very very happy and uh you know, I got home to David's again. We stayed up till fucking five in the morning watching more Marlon Brando movies. <laughs> and then uh, and then, on, then Saturday night, there was a UFC fight. And Salad talked about possibly watching it together. And I was like, well, I'd love to, but I got the shows. And then I'm, I'm probably going to have to hang out Saturday night with people. And they were like, and Max is like, well, we could get it at my place. And then you'll come back and we'll watch it all together. And I said, great. I go, but don't wait for me. Watch the fights and whatever. If I show up and... And so they did. Saturday, they bought the UFC, and Jill and Sal went over to David's house with Kristen, and they, they got food. They watched the UFC. I went up Saturday night. Uh, and again, early show was tight, but I didn't. I was floating off of fucking Friday, and so I I did tell the story again about my mom and the fight and stuff like that and the babysitter. Uh, and I was like, well, I, you know, I don't want to fall in the trap of doing this. I wanted to do different things. I wanted to do different things, but I did it anyway at the early show, and it did great. Uh, I, I did very well. But again, not like Friday night, not like the late night Friday show. And same thing, I walked off stage, and then they were like, hey, man, do the do the full 30. I said, great. And then the late show uh, Saturday, that's when Lenny's crew was there. Lenny had like 10 friends and their wives, and my buddy Bob, fucking stand-up comedian Bob Gillespie, is the fucking coolest. Uh, he's not a comic anymore, but he's one of the funniest dudes I've ever met, and he was coming with his girl. Uh, my buddy Rich Balsitas came out on Thursday. Uh, he was able to see that. Or he might have been at the Friday early show, actually. What, what, the one I said was tight, but went okay. Um, it was funny, and I will tell you this. In between shows, I was talking to Rich and his wife and then uh, his sister and her husband. 
and I was being, I was telling stories at the table. I was being funny. And then that kind of gave me the boost to do what I wanted to do at the late show Friday. That literally led me into going, you know what? I can do this. I can tell this story on stage. So just sitting and talking with Rich and, and, and Chris and then uh, his sister and her husband, it, it made it gave me the confidence to be able to go on stage and go, I'll just tell the fucking story. I'm going to tear it up. It's going to be great. And I did. Man, was I, I, I was just, I was, I was funny sitting around talking to them. And I go, that's who you are, man. You're just fucking funny. You don't have to be mannered. You don't have to go, well, this goes here and this punchline and all that. Yeah, you can do all that because I can write stuff like that that's sharp. And I did. But when I let my hands go and just was me, man, oh, man, was it a fucking world of difference for me. Just in feeling. Just in feeling. I still got laughs otherwise, but it, it just felt amazing. And, uh, and then the Saturday Night Show, dudes. I had been looking through, like I said, when I was trying to figure out bits to, to go on and talk about. Like I was trying to figure out what stories I could tell on stage. And there was a story that kept popping up. And it's a story I've told on this show before. <laughs> it's a story, uh, a lot of people know it as the Sino-Japanese salad story. Uh, and it's a story about how me and my buddy Jeff and my buddy Chris, we went to a breakfast buffet when I was a kid. And then we stole a bunch of waffles. And I stole this uh, crispy Chinese noodles and peppers and onions. And uh, and then we, we, we took them to go. <laughs> and then we got in the car and we drove around and we just fucking threw waffles at everybody. Like there was a kid mowing his lawn. We buzzed waffles at him. Uh, our friend Darren's parents came out of their house. We buzzed waffles. We just threw waffles at people. We had like a fucking hundred Lego Lego waffles. And uh, and then at the end of it, there's a little girl and she's yelling at us. And so I fucking throw a whole bunch of food in her face. It's it's just it's a rough story. Um, but like I said, it's I'm a jag off in it. There's no doubt. So I told Max, I go, I think I'm going to tell the Sino-Japanese salad story. He goes, dude, what? Oh, yeah. And he goes. I don't know, man. I go, what do you mean? He goes, well, you don't, you don't look so fucking good in that story. I go, yeah, I know, but I can frame it in a way where it's still funny. As long as it's funny, it doesn't matter, right? And he's like, I don't know, with strangers. I go, all right, well, we'll see if I ever get to do it. And Saturday, I decided, fuck it, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Uh, my buddy Bob was there, and then, and then, like I said, Lenny's crew was there, and I, I, told, I told the story on stage. And, and I framed it in, in this way. I was like, look, let me tell you something about myself. I'm a jagoff. And, uh, and I know you don't believe me because I look fantastic up here. And you're thinking to yourselves, oh, there's no way that's a guy who's mean. No, I'm not mean, really. Uh, but I've done silly things. Like it's, It was the, almost like the, the whole first year of this podcast. And I was like, I'm not, I don't know if I'm a bad guy. Well, maybe I'm a bad guy, but I've done bad things, whatever. And that's how I sold it at the Late Show Saturday. And then I told the story. And, and here's the thing. I told you when I did this podcast and Lily would be here laughing, it allowed me to explore more of stories and it allowed me to extrapolate them and made them funnier. Well, I'm telling this story on stage and people are fucking dying. It's going great Saturday. They're laughing. And so now I'm just, I'm just fucking, now I'm milking it and telling it longer. I told the story about putting the sprinkler in the person's fucking car when I came upon their fucking car uh, with the sprinkler at three in the morning. I mean, I, I just told stories, smashing mailboxes and shit. It was like, I just I was like this is who I was as a kid and and man it was great and it and, and it led me to think all right well this is the next one man this is what you got to do you uh you you need to do the gleeful jagoff persona you need to tell stories that where you don't look good but you make them funny that's the whole point and uh, who who knows but that that's 
you know, two weeks ago, I felt amazing. I, I, like I said, I went to Snapchat and Instagram. I left fucking messages saying I did great and people were so congratulatory and super nice and supportive and thank you. I can't thank you guys enough. Uh, everybody was amazing and, and I loved it. I was so happy. Um, Saturday went great and then I hung out with Bob and, and Sabrina and then I hung out with Lenny's crew. We took photos. We said hi to everybody. It was just, it was great. I finally get over to back to Mex's house. Uh, you know, Jill and Sal are there. They stayed and watched some of the fights. Then they went home, thankfully. You know, it was like, Jesus Christ. Um, but it was an amazing week. I was so worried about it. And also, I was worried because, you know, I kicked the can down the road. I mean, I booked this thing in fucking May or June. And I had plenty of time to meticulously write out a thing. But I trusted myself to go, you know what? You'll be fine. You'll be fine. Now, was I nervous? Sure. Was I worried? Yes. Did I think about it every single day until I went to Chicago? Yes. Uh, but I had confidence that I could pull it off. And, you know, I, it's funny. Like I said, when my friends were like, what, are you just going to write a whole 30-minute act? I'm like, yeah, because I can do that, man, because I'm the fucking talent. I can tell stories and make people laugh even if I look like a fucking jagoff because I'm the fucking talent. I got paid afterwards. They handed me my check and the staff was really complimentary, told me I was funny and, and the managers are like, oh my God, you got to come back. And I said, well, well, thanks. And Mark, uh, Mike was like, you got to sign the green room wall. And I'm like, oh man, I, I can't, you don't need me. There's like signatures all over. He goes, what do you mean? He goes, you worked here. You got to sign. I said, I know, but it's like, cause now you're already in the bathroom. And it's like, there's no room on the walls. He goes, you got to sign it here. And he just gave me a silver pen. And uh, the black pen was for the walls, but then there was this black crepe paper that was all over the place, and and, uh, and I signed it. And I didn't put any cute thing. I, there was no room, really, to write like a long note or anything, and comedians are always trying to top each other on those walls anyway, but, uh, but you know, I, I, I was just relieved and honored and and thrilled and happy and confident and every good emotion you could possibly think of to have done so well during the week and then to be asked you know and then to sign the wall and look other people everybody signs the fucking wall but i haven't signed a comedy club wall in 25 years and i think i think you know i might have signed the ucb wall that might be the last one i signed was in was in la and uh and and to go home and and to sign it after a show where I was completely myself. I was exactly who I wanted to be on stage and the audience was into it. They bought it. I, I brought them with me. I made them love me. I deserve to sign that fucking wall. Because I'm the fucking talent. You guys can get me at Mike and Mike Schmidt You guys can be my friend at Facebook.com slash the 40 year old boy. You guys can follow me at Twitter.com slash the 40 year old boy. Where else am I? I'm all over the place. I'm, I'm bad. I'm nationwide. I'm on Instagram and Snapchat. Did you know that? I think you did. I'm on Instagram and Snapchat. Mike 40 YOB is what you're going to find me at under there. And I, like I said, I, 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 dude, I walked out of there. I, I had all the confidence in the fucking world. I did some Instagrams. I did some Snapchats. And uh, I've already started looking for theaters uh, because I want to do shows in the fall. 
I want to come to cities. I want to, I, I want to go to cities I haven't been to. But here's the thing. I'm like, I don't know if I'm popular enough to do these kinds of things. And it's going to cost money. And, and then part of me is like, well, maybe you could start a Kickstarter to go ahead. And, and I'm like, fuck you. Just, just fucking... I just need to rent theaters. I need to go places. I need to be out there where, where, where you guys can see me. And uh, I can't wait to come to wherever you are and see you and thank you and shake your hand and make you laugh your fucking balls off. Uh, I was so confident. And now two weeks later, again, I, as I'm late with the show and all that. <laughs> we've had a bit of a setback. But, uh, but please know that Chicago went, was amazing. And it filled me with... Uh, vim and vigor and verve and it made me want to do this more and more i i'm born to be on stage i'm born to fucking be on stage i'm fucking hysterical i'm the fucking talent there's no reason not to do it am i trying to convince myself right now a little bit a little bit not gonna lie to you but uh yeah it was fucking great all right instagram and snapchat mike four zero yob go ahead and find me there uh, find me all over the goddamn place. I want to say a special thanks to my friend KC, KC Bills, who actually he and his uh, uh, lovely friend Shirley came to the shows as well. Thank you. Uh, our buddy William came to the show. I don't know if he wants me to say his last name, but he was uh, he was fucking uh, he came there and he brought his girl and it was so amazing to meet them. And uh, again, er- everybody was just uh, Lori and uh, dude fucking uh, fucking William Shank. I'm going to say his name. Uh, he He was there. He came from St. Louis uh, with his girl, and she didn't know who I was, and I think she thought I was funny. I don't, I don't know. It was just fucking incredible. It was so great. It's always, it's always so great to do well in front of people who've listened to the show so they can prove to them that I'm actually funny. Like Jill and Sal, they'd never seen me, so to see me live and see me fucking tear it up, it was just, it just, it was, I was so proud of it. I, I can't stress enough how unbelievably happy I was. It was so great. Um and I want to do it more. I want to, I want to come out. I want to do East Coast stuff. I'd love to do something. You know, I, went, I thought of Austin. Like, I keep thinking of the cities where I did well in and rebooking there. But I also want to go places I've never been, man. I want to go everywhere. I, want to do, I wish I was doing a set, a set every, a show every week. I wish I could go somewhere. I would love it. So that's the goal. You know, last year was supposed to be the year of I will. And, and maybe now we go ahead and pick up the pieces of that and do what we can to do at least two or three shows this fall. I would love to do it this fall and this winter to come out and see you guys and, and, uh, and it'd be great. Uh, Casey and Shirley came down, but Casey, he, he handles the YouTube stuff. I, I, he's been doing a ton of that for me and I can't thank him enough. Thank you so much, Casey, for stepping up. Um, Ryan has done the web stuff. Thank you, Ryan. I appreciate it very much. Uh, I owe Ryan an email. Uh, I got to get a hold of him. Uh, and also our friend David Hernandez, as you know, is our great friend. Uh, David Mex Hernandez, go to facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez and become his friend there and tell him, Hey man, you're the best. And he'll go great. Thanks. Yay. Uh, you can be his friend at facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez. That's pretty cool. And then when you're his friend, you can find his closed group on Facebook called this is dumb. That's dumb. You're dumb. I'm dumb. Go ahead and find that. You'll love it. He's uh, he's a great guy and you'll go ahead and join the group and then you guys can make fun of the world together. Uh, and also this man has a podcast. What? Yes. Uh, he has a podcast called the Flem cat podcast, the Flem cat podcast. Uh, there's a new one out now. I can tell you two weeks ago I was on it and we had a lot of fun with Jill and Sal and it was crazy. And I will tell you this, if you didn't get to listen to my last podcast where it was a, it was a, um, I, there was an hour of with me and Jill and Sal and David, and then a two hour rerun was attached to it, a classic show. And then also we did about a buck 15 and in, in David's show, on each of those shows, I said the funniest shit in the goddamn world. On Mex, Mex's Flemcat podcast, 
I did about a bit that, I mean, dude, I was crying talking when I was doing it. And I made myself laugh too when I did something about Sal and Jill on my last show. So um, if, if you guys listen to it, that would be great. But yeah, the Flemcat podcast, go listen to that. Listen to all of his episodes because it's fantastic. He's out there doing fucking amazing work. He's singing, he's doing voices, he's doing incredible things. Uh, and he wants you to go ahead and pay attention. So why not? The Flemcat podcast, available wherever the best podcasts are sold or given away free, as the case may be. Uh, go ahead and leave a review for him in the iTunes store. Tell everybody you think it's the goddamn best. Write him a note, if you will. You'll get the email address. Uh, it's... Uh, is it what I can't remember that I know the song D D D D D at David Max doc or at gmail.com. I don't fucking know. Listen to the show and you'll hear his email addressing and write him a note and tell him how fucking great he is. Give him, give him a boost. The man needs a boost. Give him a boost. God damn it. Uh, and also, did you know, he does artwork. He does. He does amazing artwork for his show. He does uh mech's memes and he's putting artwork up all the goddamn time for sale. If you want to hire him to do something special for you, you can. If you want to go, like I said, become his friend at facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez and go through his artwork. You will see that he's got amazing things in there for you to check out that he's done in the past. You can buy some of those if he's any, any of them are left or you can hire him to do something for you. He'll paint your dog. He'll paint your cat. He'll paint your fish. He'll paint you. He'll paint your balls, whatever you want him to paint. I mean, he won't paint on your balls, but he'll paint a, a, a picture of your balls. Why not? You got the money. He's got the brushes and he'll fucking take care of it. Uh, what you got to do is reach out to him and say, hey, I want you to do this. Do it through Facebook. But also he's got a website. If you want to check out uh, more of his artwork, like I said, you can see the stuff on Facebook, but also his website's got some stuff too. So why not check that out? I know I would if I was you. It's artbydmh.com. That's A-R-T-B-Y-D-M-H dot com. Thank you, Tom. Tom Faust, everyone. Can't tell you how excited we are to have you on the team. Anyone out there have a question for Tom? Better ask it now. He leaves for London in the morning. Oh, I see a hand in back. Stand down, germ! Did you say a hand? Rest assured that what you call a hand is a claw. A claw capable of producing a grip strong enough to rip your trees in his lungs out through your soft human belly. I didn't get your name. I did not give it! I am Yeep, servant of Thorgar, the most rancorous of Gehenna's savages, an archfiend whose very gaze will turn your human blood black. Thorgar demands to know why this diseased shit-stained Tom Faust has been chosen for the London position. Thorgar has worked tirelessly for Lombardi Industries, eating the souls of all who have opposed his company's progress, crushing the skulls of rival CEOs in his jaws at the very instant he was inserting his cloven-hooved leg into the malignant vaginas of their women. Their synchronized suffering only serving to fuel Thorgar's insatiable bloodlust. Look, we appreciate all of our... Appreciation is not enough! Your ceremonial title of employee of the month! While certainly thoughtful, does nothing to quench the vile lord's thirst for the power he so richly deserves! You dare choose Tom Faust over Lord Thorgar, defiler of angels? You show favor to this Faust, who though he carries the name of one in league with Mephistopheles, is nothing more than the cancerous afterbirth resulting from the syphilitic coupling of mere mortals. This is your new head of accounts receivable, London Division? Unacceptable! I'm starting to think you're not a team player yet. That's yeast! Thorgar tires of your impudence! Know that your decision here today impacts not just yourselves, but every past and future member of your decaying lineage! The 
mouth with Fausto Lombardi blood and are doomed to an eternity in hell's barren landscape with unspeakable tortures amplified to ever more horrifying agonies. Their anuses will be constantly overfilled with the vomit of goblins while their backs will be broken so their mouths can be twisted into position to catch the never-ending runoff. Hell's imps will squat over their faces, forcing endless diarrhea through their digestive systems like an unholy centrifuge. From this moment on, there will never be a moment when a Faust or Lombardi is not being force-fed from an anus, perhaps even tasting the bit of feces from the blistered colon of Thorgar himself. Consider this the abominable one's two-week notice. Um, excuse me, one more thing. Thorgar would like to know if he qualifies for Cobra. All right. Uh, did you hear that? I hope not. I, I had to start over. <laughs> start over this this anyway. Because uh, I went to open my mouth, and, and uh, it sounded like a bog creature was climbing out of my throat. I don't know who was living in my gullet. I don't know who was trying to rise up and grab my uvula, but somebody who lives inside me uh, was climbing to the forefront, and it just it sounded like... Uh, it sounded like something emerging from a swamp. I'm not going to lie. It just came from the depths of inside of me. I'm not proud of it, but I'll share it with you. I'll tell you. I won't share the noise with you because, holy Christ, you'll hit the ground running. But but I'll tell you that it happened because I'm not too proud to beg. Sweet darling, please don't leave me, girl. Don't you know? Ain't too proud to plead, baby, baby. Please don't leave me, girl. Don't you know? I know a crying man is half a man when he's got a stomach like a swamp. All right. You know, we got sponsors for this show, I, which seems ludicrous after what I just did <laughs> after, after that, that bullshit that I just uh, stitched together for a minute. Um, but we do. And we have, uh, in addition to the sponsors you just heard trying to sell you goat baloney or whatever the fuck, whatever's going on with the, the lovely misfit toys co-op people. Uh, and I love their products. I love all of them. I, I, uh, it's very important that you you sell me a lighter that also works in a pool. I don't know. What, what are these fucking things that are coming in? Hey, do you guys want shoes but don't want laces? Well, these slip-ons are for you. Shut up. Uh, oh, goat baloney. God damn, do I want goat baloney now? Our great friend, Fearful Jesuit, who runs the Paranoid Strain podcast, is out there churning out shows, man. Now, this show's been out for about a, for about 10 days. Uh, and again, I've, I'm remiss because I haven't done a show, so I didn't get to talk about it. But I'll tell you about it now. It's Paranoid Strain Secret Society's Part 9, ladies and gentlemen. As always, please listen from the beginning. Part 9's not going to make any sense if you didn't listen to Part 3. And Part three's not going to make any sense if you listen to only Part 6. So please listen to all of these parts together. Stitch them together in a giant, crazy quilt of, of shows. Eventually, he'll put out the whole monolith. But what I'm telling you now is you should listen instead uh, to, to what they've got right now, right there waiting for you, is episode nine, part nine of Paranoid Strange Secret Societies. You can listen to all one through nine, but listen right now. This one's nine, whatever the fuck. Uh, as always, please listen from the beginning. Now, uh, what do you hear in this show? Well, I'll tell you this. You'll hear about how Berenger Sonier gave a final confession and was refused absolution. What? Yes. Um, all right. I'm just going to say this. I, I didn't want to talk about it, but I'm going to, you know, Danny unicorn, uh, faithful sidekick, uh, of our friend, fearful Jesuit. Now, look, he's got his dulcet tones. He's running the show. There's no doubt about it, but she will swoop in periodically and you'll be like, Oh, Dana, Sigh. 
and uh, and rightfully so, she deserves it. Well, let me tell you this: in this show, Dana, uh, and I think it happens twice, but I can guarantee it happened once for sure. She spoke French. Holy fuck! As if as if Dana were not hot enough, as if your imagination of Dana sitting there in a uh, in a Victoria's Secret matching two piece lingerie set doing these uh, these amazing historical recreations. If that wasn't hot enough for you, she spoke fucking French. And you can just, if you close your eyes and you hear her saying stuff like la chate or whatever the fuck, you can actually see her tongue moving. Uh, think about that. Think about Dana and her tongue just moving. Now, look, she's a, a brilliant, wonderful uh, partner and a comedic genius, certainly. Uh, comedic genius seems strong. I, I, I'm trying to dig out of the fact that I was talking about closing my eyes and thinking about her tongue. I don't, I, so let's just say she's great. Uh, but she spoke French. She spoke, she spoke fucking French. I don't care if you listen to the other eight shows now. If you do, if you must listen to nine just to hear Dana speak French. Sigh. You'll hear about the accursed treasure of Ren Lachette. Uh, you'll hear the, the, the parchments and codes. There's also about parchments and codes. Uh, even I, death, uh, am in Arcade, Arcadia, Arcadia. Is that what I wrote? What did I even write? I can't even read my own writing. Hold on. Even I, death, am in Arc- Arcadia, I think is what I said. I don't know. You'll hear that. Uh, you'll hear Bucolic 2. You'll hear it twice. Is that twice? Or you'll just hear Bucolic being said once, twice. I don't know. Uh, there's a film segment with an awesome old English guy voice. It's the, the greatest. Uh, now, I'll tell you what. There's, uh, like I said, you'll hear about the accursed treasure of Ren Le Chateau. But then they talk about a book, and the book is called The Treasure of Renla Chateau. So why would you leave out Accursed? Why would you leave that out from the title of your book? It doesn't make any sense. Accursed is the selling point. The Treasure of Renla Chateau, that just sounds like you're writing a story about a box of coins. Who the fuck cares? But The Accursed Treasure of Renla Chateau, now that's a box of coins that a, that a specter may pop out of and eat your face. That might be a box of, of doubloons hidden by a wraith. See, now that's great. Uh, I want a curse to leave a curse in the title. Uh, you'll hear about the priest, the painter and the devil. Um, and I, <laughs> you'll hear, I think, I, I think they should just put this place is terrible over the door. When you hear about it, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, now I will say this, either Dana or Jesuit reveals a Coen brothers opinion. So wrong. I actually yelled the word no in my house. I don't want to give away who it was. But either Dana or Jesuit reveals a Coen Brothers opinion so absolutely incorrect, I actually yelled out the word no in my house. Uh, You'll hear about the Merovingian dynasty, which we all learned about in the Matrix, the Merovingians. Uh, You'll you'll wonder, where is Dagobeth's body? Dagobath? Dagoboth? Where is Dagobeth's body? I want you to know. Uh, You'll hear about the pentacle, of course. Now, I get this too. Dana, oh, Dana. Dana uses the word fallaciously. Which is which is far too close to Dana saying fellatio for me to remain calm. All right, that that is fallaciously. It came out of her mouth again. I saw her tongue moving. I closed my eyes. I thought, oh, if only she would have said it in French. I don't know what fallaciously is in French, but if she could have pulled that off, forget about it. Uh, there's a there's a one one point where uh, Jesuit says um, he says simple, obvious staring. And it, uh, it, and then it made me think of heavy, black, and pendulous, and uh, and then it paid off. I don't again. I don't want to give things away, but you will see exactly why. Uh, and I will tell you this: in listening to these shows, 
I, I don't know how Jesuit does it. He, he, he interests me all the time because I take conspiracy theories are all the same, man. Some small group of people decides they fucking stumbled into the truth that actual smart people don't want you to know and that they know better. It's always it's always the fucking same. Even now, Q and all this bullshit. It's always some small group of idiots who think that they know better than scientists or geniuses or whatever the fuck. And they found they found the truth that nobody else could find. And they're ready to bring it to you. And it just it just it's always the fucking same. It drives me crazy. I don't get it. But yet. Fucking fearful Jesuit makes it entertaining every episode of of Paranoid Strain. The Secret Society's part nine is available now. Uh, and I know what you're thinking to yourself. Uh, do they blame the Jews in this one? Well, certainly the Jews might get blamed. I don't know. Would you would you have a conspiracy theory without blaming the Jews? I don't know if you could. Uh, but listen to him as he tears these people apart. It's a fantastic broadcast. As I've mentioned, you want to listen from one to eight before you get into nine, or you can just jump right into nine. Paranoid Strain, Secret Societies Part Nine, available right now in the iTunes store, wherever you find your great podcasts. Make sure you leave a note there reviewing it, telling him it's great. If you'd like to write him a note in a uh, personal note, you can send him a note here at uh, here's his here's his email. The Paranoid Strain at gmail.com. The Paranoid Strain at gmail.com. Tell him you love him. You love Dana. You love the show. You love all the great stuff that they do. The unbelievably hard work that they do. Uh, tell him you love the old English guy's voice. Oh, my God. His voice was just, it's just perfect. It's so great. You'll hear it when you hear it. It's so good. Um, yeah, so check it out, man. Paranoid Strain. Podcast available right now on the iTunes store. Go ahead and subscribe. Why wouldn't you? I think you should. I'm part of the Misfit Toys Co-op. I'll tell you that. Uh, that's with Never Not Funny, our friend Jimmy and uh, and Matt. Doug loves movies with Doug Benson. The Todd Glass Show with Todd Glass. No fun with Jen Kirkman with our great friend Jen. Let me watch your movie with you with Jonah Ray. All part of the Misfit Toys Co-op. Available now wherever your finer podcasts are. Download them now and check them out. They're all really great. Hey, you want to hire me to do stuff? I, I I'll do cameo. I'll call you up for well. The Fourth of July is over. What's coming up now? Memorial Day? I don't know. What's no Labor Day? I don't, is that the next holiday? Holy fuck. Whatever. I'll call you for July. I'll just call and wish you a happy summer. I'll call your friends. I don't call anybody. I leave, I leave a message or a video message. Just, you know what? Get Cameo on your phone. You know exactly what it is. Or go on the web on your computer. Bookcameo.com. Check it out and do that. Uh, and then you'll see that I'm there to be hired. Hi, I need $15. I'll say whatever you want me to say. You want me to tell your dog he's a good boy? I'm going to tell your cat he's a dick. I can do this. You want me to soothe your fish while you're on vacation? I'll do it. Just put me on a loop. Give me $15. I'll give you the goddamn world. <laughs> uh, you know, if you go to MikeSchmidtComedy.com in the upper right-hand corner, there's a little horn boy. You can send me a PayPal uh, donation. You can do it either monthly or you can just do a one-time shot, man. Why wouldn't you do that? Keep me afloat in these hard times. Uh, go to PayPal. And uh, well, first go to MikeSchmidtComedy.com, upper right-hand corner. Click on the little horn boy where it says donate, and then you'll be able to give money there at PayPal. And also, you can become a patron if you'd like to do that at patreon.com slash mike40yob. Patreon.com slash mike40yob. Is it uppity to ask you guys for money when I'm two weeks late on the show or a week late on the show? Probably, yeah. Uh, We're digging out, and I appreciate you thinking of me. And if you can do that, if you can go ahead and... uh, Send anything or become a patron, whatever you want to do. It'd be fantastic, wouldn't it? Patreon.com slash Mike40YOB. It truly helps me and it helps the show. Thank you so much for thinking of me. I hope you can do that. And uh, and also PayPal is there. If you want to go to PayPal, put in my name or go to MikeSchmidtComedy.com. Click on the horn boy and that'll come up there as well. 
Uh, please remember that I've got channels that you can check out as well. YouTube.com slash the 40-year-old boy. Why not check that out? I am at YouTube.com slash the 40-year-old boy. Like I mentioned, KC is uh, is putting up all the podcasts. I think we're whole. I think all the new podcasts have been placed up there. I think year 13 is all caught up other than this one, which you're listening to right now. Uh, but that'll be a lickety split, I'm sure, because KC does amazing work. He's very uh, very accomplished gentleman. Uh, I don't know why I keep saying the word gentleman, but I like saying it for some reason. Uh, YouTube.com slash the 40 year old boy. Why don't you subscribe over there? That'd be great. It doesn't cost you anything or follow the channel. Subscribe uh, again. Like I said, it lets uh, YouTube know I'm a hitter. And if I if I keep a certain amount of people, I can make some money off it. Now, am I making money now? No, I'm not. Uh, but if you go ahead and subscribe, it'll count toward it probably. And there'll be some sort of thing where I'm going ahead and making money at some point in the future. That's what I want to do. I want to make money. Actually, I want to create comment, uh, com- content. No, I want to make commerce. I can't decide. Also, get this. I'm at twitch.tv slash the 40-year-old boy, twitch.tv slash the 40-year-old boy. You can go over there. You can follow me on there, and you can go ahead and uh, subscribe to that channel. Look, you can use uh, get uh, Amazon Like, lets you use their primetime thing, and you can give me five bucks. It doesn't cost you a goddamn dime. Uh, but it's there, twitch.tv slash the 40-year-old boy. Go ahead and check it out. I'm streaming usually Monday through Friday. And uh, next week, I, uh, Thursday, I'm thinking about doing a late night Genghis Khan thing. But I never know what anybody wants to watch or see. Nobody's going to come by and visit me. Maybe you will. Twitch.tv slash the 40-year-old boy. Go ahead and check out the streaming stuff if you would. That'd be great. YouTube.com slash the 40-year-old boy. Why don't you go ahead and follow and subscribe that? I would be very happy. And uh, and like I said to you, man, I, I, I want to come out and see you dudes. I want to go ahead and make the scene. If you want to recommend a city, if you want to go ahead and tell me, hey, come here or come there. I was looking at theaters in Houston. Because also, check this out, man. I found a website because I, you know, I have to rent the theaters. It's it's look, it's not hard, but it's hard. I know that sounds strange, but it's the whole thing of digging up a theater and then trying to contact them and seeing how much it costs and waiting for the hours. And do they have a PA and. I know I'm bitching about it before I'm even fucking doing it. But again, this is the guy who lives in the house who tells me not to go to concerts. But I, I was so fucking whacked out of my mind, happy with, with Chicago. I, I have to get back out there. Either, either you know, like I said, I can come to Chicago. I might do Wisconsin. I mean, there's all sorts of places I can go and come to. I really want to do it. And uh, and I just need to go ahead and find it. But I found a space. I think it was called Peer Space or something. And you can rent. It's the same thing. It's like an Airbnb, but for fucking performing. So you can rent a fucking dance studio or you can rent a bar and all these things. But and I thought, okay, well, this is cool. But, dude, they're all fucking there was this one place that wanted like three hundred dollars an hour with a minimum of three hours. And it only holds like 50 people. It's like what fucking who's selling tickets to make any money doing that kind of thing? God damn it. It doesn't make any sense. Like and I, part of me is like maybe I should just advertise like on Twitter and Facebook to get people to fucking send me money. I don't know. I see the I get ads all the time on fucking Twitter. They're so dumb. I got an ad for some TV show called Making the Cut. Have you seen this fucking thing? It's another date. It's another show. Where everybody's gonna fuck. You know what I mean? It was like, hey, who will fuck who on this island? Uh, will it be this guy? Will he fuck this girl? But then, all right. But you know what the reason it caught my eye? Because it had a fucking vitiligo chick. Like a fucking splotchy chick. There's a splotchy chick in the ad, and I'm like, dude, I like a splotchy chick. I would, dude, if you're if you're on the island and you're not fucking the splotchy chick, what the fuck are you even doing at that point? Yes, there's other girls that are all beautiful. Everybody's beautiful, and the splotchy chick is super beautiful, but also she's super fucking splotchy. 
Why would you not want to fuck somebody who looked like a paint tarp? That'd be fucking great. And I'm not trying to be insensitive. I'm sure vitiligo is a wonderful thing and everybody gets along with it. That's great. I'm not trying to be that guy. <laughs> Wait, who's going to come after me? The splotchies? I, I dare them to. You know what? I draw a line in the splotchy fucking sand. You want to come after me, splotchy? I'm right fucking here. I don't care. I'll see you coming. I'll see there'll be a whole sea of... No- of uh, I almost used a word I shouldn't use there, but there'll be a whole sea... I was going to say normal, but everybody's normal, right? I mean, it's, it's normal to get vitiligo. I mean, it's just different. I mean, sure, you, you look like a Jackson Pollock painting, but good for you. That's great. That's something you should bring to the fucking grave. You should be happy about it. You look totally different. And this girl in this ad was crazy beautiful. She was no doubt crazy beautiful, and, and the vitiligo only enhanced her features, in my opinion, quite frankly. I, she, it's, it's, uh, it looks like uh, an, she, uh, almost like a, an unfinished painting, a, a, an unfinished Botticelli. She was beautiful, and then Botticelli died before he finished painting her, but it doesn't matter because her beauty still ru- ru- comes through. Yes? No? <laughs> have, I, have I dug myself out of this grave yet? I don't know if I've dug myself out of this grave. Should I continue shoveling? I may have to continue shoveling because it does not feel like I have done uh, enough to get out of this goddamn hole. Podcast. Podcast. Podcast.